Throughout history, free thinkers have outraged the religious with their wacky ideas about the virtues of free speech, reason, and of course, eating babies. Now, God is dying, and it's time to dispose of his remains. From the pits of hell, Satan sends two puppets of the imperialist West and the Zionist Jews against God, Islam, and tiny kittens to bring you their propaganda and conspire for a new world order. This is Secular Jihadists for a Muslim Enlightenment with Ali Rizwi and Armin Navabi. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a very special episode of Secular Jihadists for a Muslim Enlightenment. Of course, I'm saying that every episode is special, as you all know. But then there's no such thing as special. So I guess, yeah, this is a special episode. My name is Ali Rizvi. With me is Armin Navabi. He is the the lapsed uh, Iranian Muslim, or lapsed Iranian ex-Muslim. Okay, something's happening. Um, and... Uh, yeah, we, we do this podcast, Secular Jihadists for Muslim Enlightenment. For those of you who are new and uh, don't know about this, uh, we essentially cover all matters related to secularism, especially when it comes to Islam and the Muslim world, uh, but also uh, just religion and critical thinking and skepticism in general. Um, uh, if you can always check out our uh, previous episodes as well. Uh, we have had, uh, we've spoken to a lot of people uh, ex-Muslim activists and just ex-Muslim voices around the world, uh, in the Muslim world, in Egypt and Malaysia and, uh, well, all over the place, Libya, Bangladesh. And uh, we also have uh, other guests uh, in this area. We have actually an announcement. We can have Sam Harris on the podcast uh, in late in late September. Yeah, so Sam Harris is going to be there. Um we are also we also had Steven Pinker recently. We have had Matt Dillahunty uh, in recent episodes, the most recent one that came out. Uh, we have had uh, Sarah Hader. Uh, we have had Majid Nawaz, many of them. So be sure to go and check it out. And anyway, with that, we'll start this. I'll just stop blabbering. Um, uh, we, we titled today's episode Islam's Prisoners of Conscience. And that's because there's a lot of things, interesting things that have happened recently. Um, specifically with uh, Armin Navabi, uh, who has been in a viral video uh, due to his antics on at, at Vancouver's Pride Parade. And uh, he had a sign, and we've, we've all seen the Jesus is gay signs. So he had a sign that said, Allah is gay, which is a very pleasant thing. I think it's a compliment to Allah. And anyway, um, he went out there and I just want to read to you really quick, and then we'll hand it over to Armin. You can talk about it. Uh, one of the responses and one of the messages he got was from a guy named Wasim Khan. And he said, uh, I quote, we all people of religion, this is in response to Armin's Allah's gay sign at the Pride Parade, which everybody loved, by the way. We all people of religion must put our differences aside and let's unite and tear up these kinds of menace atheists who are working under an agenda. Uh, I repeat, not all atheists, but the ones who follow this asshole monkey face Armin. Let's grab them and tear them from limb to limb. We need to kill these followers of Satan. Iran should arrest Armin's cousins and family members back home in Iran, torture them so that Armin can lure his ass back home. Once he's in Iran, they should stone his ass to death. I will also throw stones on his head. I throw really good. I'm going to smash his skull into pieces. I'll throw bricks and rocks on his head. Dot, 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 dot. Oh, yeah. Dot, dot, dot. 
And then uh, he said, I want to chop Armin's head and play football with it. FIFA World Cup. Yeah. Armin, why did you do this? This is your fault. Why did you bring this, uh, elicit this kind of reaction from people? Well, actually, why are you trying to offend the sensitivities of... No, I mean, Vasim is helping me make my point, actually. that was His reaction is my point, to show, like one of my points, to show the... Uh, because it's not just him. If it was just him, it would be fine. But if you see, look at my inbox on Facebook right now, my wife's inbox, you will see how fucking massive this. And even the comments on the first video and then the second video, you can see what how big of a problem this is. Because when you say these uh, that homophobia is such a big problem in the Muslim community, people are like, "Yeah, maybe you're exaggerating," but de demonstrating it like this is is far more effective. So one of them is to basically, there's many different goals here. One of them is to demonstrate how, how common homophobia is. I mean, you, saw, you don't see these reactions to Jesus is gay um, signs, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you, but you do see this kind of reaction to Allah is gay. Um, another one is to basically kind of do the same thing with the drawing Muhammad uh, they um, did which kind of desensitized most Muslims to cartoons of Muhammad. I mean, not all of them, but still the reactions to drawing Muhammad is not at all close to what it used to be because of normalizing dissent, normalizing blasphemy, normalizing uh, things that people are so sensitive about. I think when, when people try to ban something because they are offended by it, the only reaction is to do it so much so that they're not offended by it anymore. And it, it works all the time. Uh, so basically normalizing blasphemy is another one. Um, mm -hmm. Normalizing blasphemy is one of the many ways that you fight for free speech. Um, and the third uh, point was to show, I mean, I, I'm going to translate some of these tweets. I saw a tweet from Iran showing, they're like atheists in Iran. Yeah. Like <laughs> looking at this video and like, like really it's like, they can't believe that you can say Allah is gay and people are like patting you on the back and giving you a high five. Can, can and, you talk about that? So what happened? What did you expect when you went out there? I, um, I, I didn't think it would be any different. I think, I mean, I thought I would get some negative reactions, but, <coughs> but mm -hmm. it was pretty much what I expected. Like I thought Vancouver hasn't been struck by, um, you know, social justice warrior ideology as much as i mean there is some of that there but it's not hasn't become like a dogmatic religion yet here it might become soon as mm -hmm. a reaction to people that are uh, other people um i actually saw a lot of social justice people really like it too yeah no like no they thought it was a because it had the allah thing in it and they thought there was a nice way of bringing everything you know how they want to bring everything together so no, but those are not social, yeah. those are not what we refer to as social justice warriors. i mean uh, oh, yeah semantics. those are those are just our li like fellow liberals right i think right yeah yeah um, but i saw a persian tweet saying here's what this person said mariam She's saying, is it possible for this to happen one day in Iran? Uh, and nobody is insulted by and saying and say that nobody would get insulted and come tell us that we have to respect other people's belief. 
این الله مال ملت مال ملت رو سرخورده و ترسو بارآورده جرأت ابراز عقیده رو از بچگی که سوالی پیش می اومد در ذهنمون و در ذهنمون و از ترس کفگویی سکوت میکردیم رو ازمون گرفته I'm not reading this properly because I don't think she, I don't think she's using commas properly but but she's saying basically this Allah thing uh, they basically they, they shoved it in our heads and they scared us with it uh, to, to, to express any of our views from childhood to, uh, they scared us to ask any questions uh, they they basically any questions that we ask was um was we were afraid of being accused of blasphemy or saying uh, or being infidels mm-hmm. uh i'm like i have to do this one day so basically somebody from iran watching this and saying that you like i even when i was in iran i think like I remember one day having a um, letter to Khamenei, which was a strong letter against Khamenei, holding it and putting it in my bag and just walking around and just coming back home and just being so excited that, that I got away with that, <laughs> right? I, and I, this would be this would be unimaginable. This was like more than 13 years ago. But, yeah. but I think like you, when you see like that you can say something like that and nothing happens to you and not only nothing happens to you, people support you. It basically raises the bar to people from other countries that what, what is achievable. Then mm. if you can't say this and get away with it, there's nothing that you can't say basically in their opinion. Like yeah, because like, there was a lot of people who were actually saying, why don't you go to Iran and do this? Why don't you go to these other countries and do it? But the whole idea is that... Uh, Obviously, you can't do it there, but you can do it here, and that gets over there. Those images get to them, and it's something that's inspiring to people. Right. Um, and it, it gives them something to aspire to in terms of you know what they think is possible. Uh, Fahad Sayyid is saying, well, he says, uh, how is Armin dealing with all the attacks after the video he posted? Are you going to take some action on people who threatened you physically? I mean, what? And what, uh, he's saying that honestly, he would if they reside in the West. So, do you do you know? No, they're mostly outside. There's too many of them. Like you guys, like there's hundreds, right? And ninety yeah. percent. I don't. I, I. How many? Like, am I going to go? One of them might be from the West, from one percent. Am I going to go through each and every one of them and see which one of them are from a country that I could take an action against? That's mm. like, yeah, that would take forever. Most of them are for, from other places. Um. Yeah, I should actually stress this point because um, we did, uh, this is a kind of thing, I mean, we get, I, I still get threats from time to time, and I'm actually, I'm not even that confrontational um, that much, uh, even though, okay, I am in some ways. But um, I, I do get them, and most of them I dismiss as uh, just something, you know, people outside, yeah. some kid in Afghanistan or someone in, you know, another country you can't get to me. Uh, but there are a couple of times, I, I think in the in 2016, there was a conference in New York. I think it was a Muslimish conference. And um, I got, someone sent me a map of Toronto. And then the, after that, the account just disappeared. Mm. So, uh, sorry, a map of the place where we were actually holding the conference. Yeah. which is public knowledge but they that's all they did they just sent a map yeah somebody and actually sent our uh sent somebody sent us their our address our ceo's address at some point 
And yeah, yeah. So that was kind of scary. when that happens, you gotta then you gotta take. I mean, so we got some security and stuff at the venue. So so there are times when you you have to look out for it. But yeah, for the most part, there are so many. There's so many threats that come in, all kinds of stuff. The stuff that I just read out, that's just one. You can go on Armin's Twitter timeline. You can see all the rest of the stuff that that he's gotten. Um, I, I have one more question, Armin, uh, for you. Is that, you know, just in terms of uh, in the West, now that we're seeing, you know how we always... We always talk about the regressive left and the whole alliance of, of um, I mean, I'm a liberal, but one of the liberal blind spots that frustrates me is that they're, they're apologetics for uh, Islamists, right? When, they, when they're Christian fundamentalists, you know, they descend on them and they attack them. But when uh, someone from the Islamic world says something, then they back off to say, no, we have to respect them. That's their culture. Um, and, and there's a double standard for it. So... That alliance is obviously an issue. It's a problem. But do you think um, that the left's alliance with Muslims in the West, for example, you know, people, a lot of Muslims who love Bernie Sanders, who love like all that that whole wing, uh, many of these Muslims in the West have adopted some of the left's, especially the young Muslims. They tend to, you know, not be homophobic as much because they know that. You know, their party is the left, so they don't want to be homophobic. They're adopting some of those values. Do you think it's helped in that way? Do you understand what I'm saying, or am I not being articulate? Um, well, I mean, Muslims are influenced by Muslims, just like everybody else, are, are, are influenced by many different ideas, many different competing ideas. Just mm-hmm. like you and me are, diff- are, com- are influenced by different people, different ideas, different books, different schools of thought. Um, and when you, when you are, when you step out of, out of a bubble or even Mm. in an Islamic country, you're not always in a bubble because there's other sources of information that gets to you. Um, obviously if you become more, less, uh, homophobic, or if you're more for free speech, if you're more for secularism, democracy, women's rights, gay rights, um, that's because of your exposure to other people and that's uh, other ideas. And that's mm-hmm. great. The problem is, the I mean, the major problem is that when Muslims be- get exposed to ideas other than Islam and their views get changed by these other v- ideas other than Islam, people try to give credit to Islam for their lack of homophobia. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, I, I mean... No, I mean, I guess I'm, what I'm it, talking about is uh, like this phenomenon where, say, you know, the left embraces Muslims. Say, hey, listen, Muslims, we're going to defend your rights. You're with us. You're the left. But the left is also right. uh, pro-gay rights and pro-trans rights and pro-gender equality and all of that stuff. So they say, okay, come into our fold. Uh, so the Muslims are like, wow, the left is embracing us. Now, you know, we're going to take on their agenda. And so the, now, now the Muslims are part of the left. And now they're like, yeah, we are for gay rights. We are for uh, women's rights. We are for trans rights. Yeah. So that, that kind of, that may be a, a sort of uh, an advantage. One well, of the it's, advantages. it's an advantage that could have been achieved in a better way. Because, you know, when you, when you try to decide what views you believe in uh, based on the tribe you belong to, some of them are going to end up being right. I mm-hmm. just, I, but it's not the most effective way of coming at the truth. Uh, uh, because what if, for, as you could have as easily adopted a bad value because your tribe had a, you know what I mean? Like if you are, if you are, um, if you say, okay, I'm part of group A, so mm-hmm. let me see what group A believes in. So I'm going to follow those. I'm going to believe in those things. 
and group A believes in some nasty shit and some really good stuff. The fact mm-hmm. that you now believe in those good stuff is just by luck. That's not a very effective way of figuring out what's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I don't, I mean, because then as easily you could have believed <laughs> in something very destructive if that's how you're deciding what you're going to follow or what you're not. Yeah. Gonna that's good. kind of the point you were making in our, when we talked to Stephen Pinker is that, yeah. uh, it's it's really it's about the process because yeah, if the process is flawed, then just because you come to a good conclusion doesn't mean that that, that you're going to end up with that same kind of thing. Right. Later. You're not going to get that consistency. So, right. the, so the process is super important. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Um, I I also want to talk about. We're going to also get into the recent uh, Canada and Saudi Arabia. Add, somebody tagged uh, us in the live chat. Do you want to answer those questions? Yeah. There's one question that that's what I was getting to. So yeah. there is a. Uh, oh, James is saying that Ali's whispering is very pleasant. Well, hey, you know, maybe I should charge for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, then the Cookie Monster saying, I have seen the clip where an Islamist argues for the killing of apostates with Ali Rizvi. What did you think of that? Yeah, th- that was with both of us. It was on this podcast. That was Daniel Hakikaju. He's one of our guests. Mm. Um, he was a, um, he's a, he's a fundamentalist uh, Muslim. Um, and he... Yeah, he he was on this podcast and he was telling us how in an ideal Islamic state, uh, apostates or or people like me and Armin should be killed. Uh, But we should be given three days first to repent and and to renounce our apostasy and go back to the faith. But if we don't, then uh, the punishment is capital punishment. So that that was an an interesting episode, I guess. His question is, uh, what did you think of that? my answer is I, I wasn't surprised. I know that that's the doctrine. If you if you follow the doctrine, and you decide to put this doctrine, the second uh, sort of secondary hearsay uh, from one and a half millenniums, uh, the millennia ago, and and you decide to put that over your own inherent sense of right and wrong, based on your empathy and what you think is the right thing to do, then that's what's going to happen. You're going to follow what the doctrine says. I I think I'm um the fact that most of our audience is surprised by a Muslim saying that makes me think like we're not doing our job right because I think like we've been talking to so many moderate quote moderate Muslims uh, quote unquote mm-hmm. uh that that people have gotten the like a lot of our followers have gotten the um, wrong impression that what what the mainstream Islam is, right? I mean, when mm-hmm. I hear somebody says, well, yeah, obviously under an Islamic regime, if you're an apostate, you're supposed to be killed. Um, that's mainstream Islam. That's not, yeah. oh my God, how could, that's so shocking. Like, no, the shocking one is the one that says you shouldn't be killed. That's, 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 that's the not normal one when it comes to Islamic ideology. Um, yeah. So... I mean, so I need. I think we need to. We like this whole constantly just having Muslims that are eye to eye with us on many different views, like secularism, women's rights, mm-hmm. and stuff. I think it gives the wrong impression to people. But the problem is that it's hard to get mainstream Muslims on the show. Um, it's because most of them don't want to like a lot of them that are big names they don't want to dialogue they just want to preach like they just want to have a big audience that they talk to right mm-hmm. uh, unless they're having a dialogue with somebody on their own side and a lot of them that are not big names they are afraid to come on our show because they might they think they might make a mistake 
and they feel like they betrayed Islam or something like that <laughs> if they may, mm-hmm. if they don't represent Islam well. But 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 one thing I did is I actually went to Sydney recently, and you know how Lawrence Turner recently just got uh, kicked out of this Islamic area of Sydney uh, because she wanted to go and interview Muslims there. No, I don't. I don't know about that. No, I haven't. Right. So the police kicked her out because she said they said they're going to incite violence, which shows you what the police thinks about the Muslims because they think that just by asking them question. The, poli- the Muslims are just going to attack her or something like that. So they said you can't yeah. go in there. Um, but we went there, me and the camera guy, and we went to exact same place that Lauren Sutton tried to go to interview Muslims and she couldn't go in because the police wouldn't let her. So just a few days ago, I went there and I interviewed a whole bunch of Muslims. And yeah. it was am- I'm going to release that video pretty soon. Um, it was so cool. Uh, the I there were so many so many different responses. One of them was uh, admitted that yes, I probably should get beheaded under a Islamic regime if there was an Islamic regime. <laughs> uh, but the same guy went and took us to an authentic Lebanese restaurant and treated us with some food, and then we talked to like an Islamic teacher. Is not like we were eating. He treated you like he got you the food. And yeah, stuff? yeah, it was very it's crazy. Even though she, he thinks we should be beheaded, we still got. Uh, uh, I, yeah, <laughs> that's weird, isn't it? But uh, actually, no. It's uh, you know, this is the thing. It's I mean, it's completely irrational and cognitively dissonant. But it's not weird. I'll I'll get to. Yeah, I'll tell you why later. But but here's the fun. thing. So we talked to so many people in the street. What. Um, one great theme that I saw was that a lot of people. I asked them that do they think Islam should be criticized, and they said no. Uh, they shouldn't be criticized. It's not okay to criticize Islam. And within a few minutes, by giving them a few examples, they change their mind that, okay, maybe Islam is okay to criticize Islam. And I, I will show you that how, how that thought process went on with a whole bunch of people on the street. That was pretty cool. Uh, but the most interesting was, was when we were eating, um, the phone uh, rang in the restaurant and they, uh, the guy or the restaurant owner like started calling us like Canadians, you Canadians come here. And I would like, uh, we we went to the phone, and uh, there was a, a Islamic teacher. Like I heard, you're like in the the street talking to Muslims. I want to come meet you. And he took us to, uh, you know, back alley and started like pulled up the chair and started talking to us. He didn't want his face to be shot. So that was so that got very intense, right? Uh, oh but, really? But so you you were transparent with them in terms of who you were and well, you, well, I told them I'm an ex-Muslim, but what I what they didn't expect was to that this guy went and pulled over pulled off my videos on YouTube. Like, like so I saw your video of the uh, uh, poison pill of Islam, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm fucked. The one that Seth Andrew made, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And this and yeah, like. I was like really like I I was a little bit worried because I this these like it's one thing to go talk to Muslims which I think everybody could do but I didn't know for me for some like when I when people don't know me I think I can reach out to Muslims and I could t- have a civilized discussion with them. Mm. This guy this but this guy found out what kind of videos I make, and but but the thing is that even though it was it went got very heated, he still got us tea. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. He still got us coffee. He still treated us very nice. The, the The conversation was very like hostile, but the treatment before and after was pretty civil. And my point was like, look, even somebody like me that goes and burns the Quran and says that Islam is like a poison pill, 
and has an Allah's gay sign. I could go to a place that they call the no-go zone in Sydney. Apparently, that's a no-go zone. And I could just go with one camera guy and no security. And I can talk to Muslims. And they get they treat me with food and have heated discussions with them, but still I remain civil, right? I mean, it's possible to have conversations with these people. If I can have conversations, if somebody that has gone as far as I have can go and talk, have civil discussions with Muslims, I don't think there's there's no excuse for anybody else because other people should don't don't even have the background that people would ha like hate you, on, right? Um, but look at the reaction that the police had against Lauren Southern. They like they thought like if she goes in there and talks to Muslims, um, the only reaction is violence. Like this was like your complete bigotry of. No, but it's not like that doesn't happen. I mean, I, I know that you went in and it worked out, but that that kind of thing it it does happen, d depending on you know. Um, what the situation is and what the neighborhood is, um, like it, it does. Like there, there are many people who would go out and they'd try to do the same thing, right. and they wouldn't be as fortunate. I mean, it that is a possibility, right? right. Um, so, I, I I wanted to say like address you know the fact that that guy first he said that yeah you should be killed in an ideal Islamic state, and then he went and he bought you food. I, I that's a very common experience that I've had. Uh, it's it's strange like and and I. This, I've brought this up on the on the show before. Is that uh, when when you have even among some members of my extended family and some of my friends, you know, when when I ask them, I'm like, do you think that people who leave Islam should be killed? And like, they'll say yes, they should be killed. You know, and I'm like, what about me? Don't you want to kill me? Like, oh no, no, not you. You're very nice. You're different. You talk to us. You are, uh, you know, you like to engage in dialogue. You respect whatever it is. So, they, so they don't. And I, I think that you get the same kind of reaction. So, a lot of this is really it's complicated in the sense that people do believe certain things because they know that they're supposed to believe them, but when it actually comes to no, carrying out the act, a, a lot of times they they it, it's it's completely different, and people are. No, but they don't. They don't yeah. think it's not that they carry out the act, but they. I don't think that's in their. Like they, they would encourage it if somebody else did it to another apostate from another family. They would. Like I, no, I understand. but even to but, me, yeah. like even like I think like they just said, like, okay, I'm not gonna do it, but there needs to be like somebody that does it, which yeah. is still pretty shitty, I think. It's yeah. It, it no, of course it's shitty. I'm not saying it's not. Right. Uh, I'm just saying that it's. I think you know the, how you see like Russian like movies with like Russian spies and US like when they somebody is gonna get executed by like firing squad, they still like sit down and have a chat and they give him a, like a cigarette. <laughs> right. But, they, but but yeah, right before. But he's still. But they're still killing him, right? Like. I mean, yeah. It, it, yeah, that's true. I I just so, think it's. Um, I don't think. I think that actually makes I, it more scary. I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. It's the friendly. Yeah, I. I mean, I mean, these are also like they're they're not people. With, it, I, what I'm saying is that I think that there is a different kind of treatment when people know somebody. Right, like th there are people who will be super, super homophobic all their life. Then they find out that their daughter's gay, and then they're gonna freak out over about two months, and then they go back and they become a uh, like, okay, well, she's gay, but they still it's against it. But I, I wouldn't do anything. She's nice. She's different. She's a contributing member of society. She pays her taxes. You know, there, there's a, human beings are they're interesting. They're complicated. I think there is a little bit of leeway and a little window there um, to act. And and to to have that conversation like you did, I think that you went and you you had that yeah. conversation in that window, right? Yeah. So, the, the, but the, here's the thing: um, 
I think the only solution is to have conversations with these people because you can just yeah, look back. That's said, exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, you have to. You have to have that. There, there is this window where people are open because you can tell that they do want to connect with other people on the basis of just being human, or on the basis of someone being someone that they know, or their son, or oh Ali. Well, no, all other apostates are bad, but you're nice. We like you. That kind of thing. I, you know. I just think like sitting back and looking at these views and be like, oh my god, that's horrible. And pointing out to other people that don't believe in these views how horrible this is. This is not going to do much. You know what I mean? Like a lot of Westerners that know how barbaric these ideas are mm. are worried mostly about other Westerners that don't seem to get how barbaric these ideas are. But the main people that you need to be like, they're trying to reach out to other Westerners and warn them about these views, right? That warn them yeah, about Islam. Yeah. But I think the main people that you need to reach out to are people with those views. Right, of uh, course. Yeah. yeah, but the thing is, that just sitting back and be like, "Oh my God, that's scary! How could somebody believe that?" That's not really gonna do much. Um, yeah, it's just gonna. And be- honestly, need, need, but but also there there are also people who go out and they try to have these dialogues to get those gotcha moments and to piss off somebody and get certain reactions. I mean, there, there's also that. Um, I think that there's a way to make a point in a very nice way. I think you did that with the allies gay sign. I think you did a good thing there. Right. That was uh, there. There was nothing. If you like Allah, if you like gay people, I mean, you shouldn't have a problem with either of those things. I actually, yeah. I, now that I, now after I thought about it, actually, theologically, Islamically, that that I, I, I thought at first I was that Allah is gay doesn't make any sense because there is no Allah, right? But Allah is, a, I mean, Dumbledore is gay. His fictional character can be gay, right? But, but. <laughs> Yeah, so that was your thought process. You're like, well, there's no, there's no Allah, but hey, Dumbledore was gay, so yeah, I guess. So any fic- yeah, people are like, how could a fictional Thank character? You, Some people say, how could a fictional character be gay? I'm like, really? You don't think a fictional character can be gay? <laughs> <laughs> I can't, obviously. But, but the point is that Allah is supposed to be everything, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. if two people are having gay sex, right, and they're huh. having an orgasm, Allah, Allah is supposed to be experiencing everything, right? So Allah is also experiencing the orgasm they're having, aren't they? Like so, Allah is experiencing a gay orgasm, and if they're enjoying it, Allah has, by its by its very definition of what Allah is in Islam, is also enjoying that gay orgasm. So if Allah, Allah is experiencing a gay orgasm, yeah. and He is also enjoying the gay orgasm. Yeah, and people say, "Well, Allah doesn't have a gender." Well, yeah, but uh, since Allah can experience everything, Allah is also experiencing being a man. Right, because he experiences all our experiences. Right, so Allah okay. cannot not be gay based on that. Based on that, uh, he's everything. He's yeah. everything. Right, he is everything. So he's gay too. Yeah, he's everything. Exactly, exactly. Allah is everything according to his. We had, you know, there, there was that you know, the whole idea that everyone believes in a God that agrees with them. Right. If you ask a gay Muslim, they're like, "No, God loves gay people." If you ask a, a gun-loving Republican, it's like, "Well, God loves guns." If you ask somebody who's pro-choice, like, "No, God supports a woman's right to choose." And everybody believes that. David Silverman said this on our on our show. He said that everybody believes in a God who agrees with them. Um, Not necessarily, so, though. Most of the time. Uh, okay. Yeah, most of the time. There's always exceptions. sometimes people say like, oh, "I wish this wasn't true," but apparently God wants to like, like, "Oh, you're su- such a nice person. I wish you didn't have to be beheaded, but apparently you have to." So sorry. So <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes your God, like people have views that disagrees with their uh, Allah. Um, yeah, yeah. But we missed a whole no. bunch of questions, by the way, in the live chat. 
It's okay. Yeah, no, a lot of these are actually uh, comments. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to get to Vancouver is very irreligious overall, which is a huge plus from James. I feel bad for the Iranian people. They're op- oppressed by Islam and being targeted for war from logic speed speculation. Um, uh, Sukanti Bave is asking, what are your thoughts on Dave Rubin and the interview you did with him last year? Uh, it was actually not last year. It was in 2015. So when he started to show in 2015, I was um, actually I was on a show much much earlier. Uh, the the reason he had me on, I think, uh, was that we connected was that I'd written an article in HuffPost called "The New Center," using that terminology. Uh, it was called "The New Center Between the Right's Bigotry and the Left's Apologism," something like that. Um, and so he had me on to talk about that. The book, my book, hadn't come out yet. My book came out almost a year later, uh, but we. But we had a, we had a really good conversation. I think he did have really good conversations. There are many conversations uh, he's had that are great, uh, but I I have a lot of disagreements with him now. So, and I I do the only criticism I I have is I I think they should be a little bit more open to criticism. Uh, I criticize him for going on the Alex Jones show, um, and for saying to Alex Jones that there is a space for Alex Jones because the mainstream media is so bad, and I kind of called him out on that. Because I was, that's something that I talk about a lot. And if I didn't call out Dave, who was a friend, then it would be hypocritical and inconsistent of me. But I, I think he took that worse than he should have. I don't think he should have been that sensitive, but he was. Hey, but uh, by the way, just so on record, I'm against Alex Jones banning from Facebook. Yeah, no, no, I saw my. I, I don't yeah. think that he should be banned. I think he's a fucking lunatic. But yeah. that's. What, <laughs> he's, I don't I, know if he's a lunatic. Have. Maybe he's playing a character. I, I'm not very sure. Oh, I well. Either way, I think that if he's a playing a character that, that is makes a it worse. Like that's that, worse. That, that, yeah, that's he's still a lunatic. So the um, in any case, the, the, the that conversation aside, uh, I think that um, I think when we're in this business where we say provocative things, when we are, and we're talking about the things that you're not supposed to talk about at work, religion and politics, uh, you got to do it in a way that you don't take it personally. You know, you have to be open to criticism from your friends. You have to be open to public dialogue, public criticism, be able to handle it, be able to agree to disagree. And I think that that's important. I I don't block anybody. The only person I've ever blocked on Twitter is somebody who just tweeted a lot and spammed a lot. And I didn't even disagree with them that much, but it was just really, really annoying. They were constantly adding me. But apart from that, uh, I've I've never done that. I I like hearing what other people are saying. I watch a lot of Fox News. I I listen to actually listen to a lot of Alex Jones. So it's uh, I I think it's good to hear yeah. other sides. I, I wish they- I tried Alex Jones. I couldn't take it. Um, yeah. By the way, B just saying, did you uh, did I actually go to, to that with that guy, that Muslim guy in the back alley? It was like it was like a coffee shop that had a back alley area for with tables and stuff. Uh, uh, yeah, so I did. But I felt pretty safe. I I don't know. I feel, the guy seemed okay. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, okay. Zahra Zahra is in the live chat. I met her in uh, is it is Sydney. Uh, we should have her as a guest. She has an amazing story, so we should have her. Okay, as a guest. yeah. Note that down. Send to me, Zahra. Yeah. Heads up. Yeah. We're coming. So okay. Question. So yeah, go through the questions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nusantara. Uh, um, yeah, Nusantara saying, do you guys know about the 26? Sorry, I'm going to, okay, let me just read the comment. There was Beach saying, Armin getting all these threats, but Canadian government will not demand his arrest. Strong message to Islamic countries. Yep, exactly. 
Uh, Nusantara saying, do you guys know about the 2016 Ahok protests in Indonesia where 2 million Salafi, Salafis, uh, super conservative Muslims, forced our Christian governor to be arrested for blasphemy for saying simply Muslims can vote uh, Christian representatives? Um, I heard, I vaguely remember something like that. I remember these uh, things where there was a Christian governor and he was treated unfairly. Um, I can't recall it in a lot of detail, but same thing. And then she goes on to say, or he goes on to say, Indonesia recently banned Hizbut Tahrir. I like freedom of speech, but they were radicalizing our impoverished and under uneducated. What do you think should happen to such groups in light of um, FOS protection, freedom, freedom of speech protection? Ah, uh, so I, but I, I think it's the same as uh, what we said about Alex Jones. I think that they should be allowed. I, I agree with you. Um, yeah, you do. I don't know. I mean, I agree with the part that they should have free speech. Inciting to violence, inciting violence is a very, very specific thing where they actually, if someone says, like Alex Jones said, you know, take up arms and go fight the media. If you say something like that, that's inciting violence. But if, you, if you're just expressing your views and you're saying, well, my religion says that gays should be killed or Muslims should, or apostates should be killed, I, I don't think that that's inciting violence. Yeah, I, try, I think that try, that banning be it, try banning it will grow faster. It'll grow faster. Leave this stuff out. The, the, we should talk about, I don't know why, you know, people talk about all these, uh, you know, th th these are people who should be, we should hear, they should be on the surface, we, they should be out in the open. Right. So we can respond to them, we can ridicule them, we can mock them, and we can, people, people associate with them, we can actually make them feel ashamed for having such backwards, horrible values. But when you ban them, you push them underground, and they can present themselves as martyrs. Then right. they can go to people, see... They, they, there's something. This is something they don't want people to know. I've got the truth, and the, the mainstream is trying to silence me, and all this other bullshit. Uh, so, yeah, people like that. Uh, I, th I think they should. Uh, I, I don't think they should be banned. So, actually, yeah, the way I summarize it is three. Even the worst of ideas. There's three problems with banning it. Um, first of all, you give them the victimhood card, which they mm. will use as a sign that they're on the right side, and. You know, religions especially, they feed on being a victim, right? The more the, the more they you victimize them, the faster they grow. Uh, the second problem is that if you ban them, they go underground and these things grow faster in the dark because you don't see it as a problem. People don't know that it's growing. People don't know, recognize it as a threat uh, if it's not out in the open. Uh, and the third problem, if you do ban it, you're giving the, your government the authority to decide what what kind of speech is dangerous and what's not. And if you if they decide that this speech is dangerous today, tomorrow it could be your speech that they recognize as dangerous. So I don't think the government should have that authority at all. Right. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to uh, Facebook. There's a question from a guy who was actually in fifth grade with in school, Yasser Sharif. Oh, nice. uh, we disagree completely on religion, but I've I've known him for many many years. So he's uh, thank you, Yasser, for your question. He's saying, how about thoughts on? Uh, he's he is a, he is a Muslim. He's a believing Muslim. How about thoughts on liberalization of Muslim, of the Muslim majority world? There is a movement everywhere to be more accepting and tolerant. Anything else is becoming extreme. Um. That's a good question. In in terms of that, like I'm uh, as far as liberalization goes, we have a lot of conversations here about people who want to reform Islam and, and sort of retain Islamic elements, um, and just uh, they're okay with a liberalized version of uh, uh, Muslims uh, versus no. you know fighting the religion altogether. And I think that Armin and I both 
have agreed that I, we don't think we can reform Islam as so, a religion. But in terms of Muslim people and the way that they think, uh, we do think that there's a window. I think that is something that that kind of reform, Muslim reform, is, is a whole different issue. So, so the summary is like, yeah, people, Muslims are moving, uh, many Muslims are moving towards more liberal ideas, but uh, which is a great thing. But the problem is when people try to give credit to Islam to that There's, and that's very dangerous if you try to do that because islam deserves no credit for that when muslims become more liberal that's muslims moving away from islam muslims ignoring islam which most muslims do anyway and again people mm. say well how could you be a muslim when you, when you ignore islam and again muslim islam is a religion based on belief not based on practice um you could be a muslim but a very shitty muslim you could be a muslim that drinks alcohol uh, has sex out of marriage, never fast, never prays. You're still a Muslim if you believe in Allah and Muhammad as his last prophet and the Quran as the direct word of God. You're just not a very good Muslim. Um, and we learn from childhood that most Muslims also are going to go to hell. So if Muslims are going to go to hell, that means that even if you don't practicing Islam, you're still a Muslim because you believe in those things. It's just you're just not following what you're supposed to be following, right? Right, so, right. Yeah, so it's based on belief, not based on practice, whether you're a Muslim or not. Um, right. So, um, and and I I want to add one thing. The um, no, just just uh, I was gonna say one last thing. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go ahead. You yeah no I forgot. Go on. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, sorry. Anyway, so so um, uh, yeah, yeah. One more thing is that uh, uh, when you're talking about liberalization of the Muslim majority world, uh, a, a key element of that is people criticizing Islam. Like that, that is a big thing. Right. Uh, you know, you do have to bring those ideas out there. I mean, one of the reasons that the Judeo-Christian world was liberalized to some extent and secularized was because uh, biblical criticism. Uh, became acceptable and it became normalized. It wasn't acceptable during the time of the Reformation, but and uh, there were a lot of German Enlightenment thinkers actually came out and they made it an academic discipline where they sat there. They used reason and they did not use dogma. They they assumed that the Bible was a book like any other, and they went ahead and they they had at it. Um, and I, I, and that didn't turn a lot of Christians into non-Christians or atheists necessarily, but what it did was it did dilute and it, it watered down and it at least brought at the state level, at the state level, it brought down a, a, a de-recognition and a non-recognition of religion mm. as having any, any uh, role to play in the state. So, so that is also a process of liberalization. You, you can't have a liberalization of Muslim majority world if you don't have critics of Islamic doctrine that are normalizing the idea that Islam as can be criticized, that are normalizing the idea that the Quran can be looked at as a, a book written by men. Right. Right. Uh, and, I remember and what I was going to say. Yeah. So, so those, those things are also those are key parts of it. So, I know Yasser, we disagree on a lot of things, but um, I, I agree with you on this. But I, I, I hope you can understand what my point is and why it's important uh, that we also go ahead and blaspheme in order to make that happen. Right. Go so, ahead, so one thing that people say is like we're becoming more accepting and tolerant. I want to like this could mean many things, and some of them are good, and some of them are very bad. Uh, when you say accepting and tolerant, when when I when we say offensive things or uh, people what people find offensive or people that find um, not tolerant of other people's views, people are, say that we're being intolerant or not being accepting. Or why, why can't we just? Why are we not letting people believe what they want? That's that's horseshit. I mean, like when. 
tolerant and accepting means like what? Like tolerant and accepting means like not forcing people to live in a certain way, not demanding people to abide by rules that just because I think that there there are good rules, right? Like not forcing my way of life on them. But that that if if that's what you mean by accepting and tolerance, then I'm I'm one hundred percent behind that. But if accepting and tolerance means like me not voicing my disagreement with people's uh, ridiculous ideas or uh, barbaric ideas, that's not a tolerance and a tolerance and acceptance I can get behind. Or if tolerance and acceptance means that I can't ridicule ridiculous views, that's also not a tolerance or acceptance I can get behind. Um, a lot of times people say that, um, you know, why can't, you know, why are you not letting people believe what they want? I'm like, wait, what the fuck are you talking about? Me telling you that your ideas are bullshit? Is that forcing you to not believe in those? Like, how is that, how is that forcing you to leave Islam? Right? Is that really like, if I come to you and say, first of all, here's, here's a, here's an important point. Not, no content we put out there is forced on anyone. Anybody that sees our content, they are, they either have came looking for our content or they don't know how to control their feed. Um, like I can teach them how to block my, our pages and stuff like that. It's very easy, right? I mean, Salman Rushdie said if the, the easiest way to not get offended by a book is just not read it, right? Um, and now it's even easier when it comes to social media. The, every other, every social media platform makes it very easy for you to be exposed to the content that you want to be exposed to. So let people believe what they want is such a bullshit demand because there is no way to not let people believe what they want because there's no way to, for you to force. You're only forced by your own reasoning, right? And if you are exposed to certain ideas and you're being forced by your own reasoning to change your views, that's a, that's a, that's a good thing. Uh, but that's not us forcing you to change your views. That's you yourself deciding that you want to be exposed to certain ideas and then having no choice but to change your ideas because of it. Anyways. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Beej is saying there's a sign in a window near me that says end Islamophobia, anti-Semitism, and anti-LGBTQ discrimination. Nice thought, but they need to talk to one group on that list about the other two. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh Noor Reza. Uh, okay, so now we're getting to Rife Badawi. Rife, Rife's case is very sad. Right. It really surprises me that Saudi Arabia has gone to such an extent to defend its fault. Uh, what do you think the strength factor working behind this behavior? Uh, what's what's the story? I think I think he's saying, you know, what's what's their intention? Why are they doing this? Um, so just a little bit of background for people who don't know. Um, uh, Raif Badawi is a, a is a Saudi activist who started a website called Free Saudi Liberals. Um, uh, he is currently in prison in Saudi Arabia because he was charged with a range of crimes. Uh, insulting Islam was one of them. Uh, he was sentenced to 10 years in prison. He's served six years now. Uh, he uh, was uh, sentenced to a thousand lashes and he was whipped 50 times in early 2015. After that, a lot of us uh, who were his friends went out and we did a big uh, sort of media thing and awareness thing. So uh, his, his case got a lot of international attention and they stopped the flogging, thankfully. And yet he remains in jail. His, his wife, Insaf, and his three kids are all uh, living in Canada. So what happened is that uh, Insaf actually got her Canadian citizenship very recently. And um, when uh, Justin Trudeau was running, when he was a candidate, uh, he had met Insaf. And he had made several public um, 
pleas for the for the re- release of uh, Raif Badawi. But after he got elected for a very long time, he didn't say anything. Uh, although they apparently did used to bring the issue up with the Saudis in private. So what happened recently, uh, just I think a week or two ago, is uh, the the foreign minister in Canada, Minister of Foreign Affairs in Canada, um, uh, Christia Freeland, uh, sent out a tweet. Um, and this tweet was sent a few days after uh, Samar Badawi, who is Raif's sister, who lives in Saudi Arabia. Uh, and she's a women's rights activist, and she was a big instrumental activist in terms of getting women the right to drive, be able to drive. Uh, she was arrested by the Saudis, and she's also put in prison, along with about a dozen other women activists um, who fought for the right of women to drive in Saudi Arabia because women were not allowed to drive cars. Um, and this is now legal. The The current crown prince of Saudi Arabia, Mohammed bin Salman, has made it legal for women to drive as of this year, yet they took these uh, you know, about a dozen of these activists, including Samar, and then they put her in jail. Uh, Samar is an international hero. She's recognized around the world. There's a famous picture of her with Michelle Obama and Hillary Clinton receiving the Women of Courage, the State Department's Women of Courage Award, um, and uh, the State Department that is now not supporting Canada. Anyway, that, that's a different issue. So, uh, in response to this tweet that Krista Freeland sent, uh, Saudi Arabia decided to cut all diplomatic ties. They uh, recalled their ambassador uh, from their amb- ambassador to Canada. They gave the Canadian ambassador to Saudi Arabia 24 hours to leave. Uh, they also, um, yeah, this is insane. They asked that all of all students in Canadian universities be pulled out of Canadian universities and transferred to other universities. They asked that all patients in Canadian hospitals, Saudi patients, be moved to other hospitals. Okay? Holy uh, so uh, there, there are a lot of things that they did, and, and there are reasons for it. I mean, about there are, about, uh, there, there are many sort of medical doctors in, in Canada who are in, in Ontario, for instance, who are working, and the healthcare system needs them. Many of them are Saudi, uh, and you know, if you remove them, obviously the healthcare system suffers. Uh, there isn't a whole lot of other places they can hit Canada, so they're thinking of very petty ways to do it. So this became a suddenly... Um, you know this issue with Rive, uh, who was a, who's a you know he's a friend of many of ours, and, and he this issue that was kind of an, an activist issue for a long time. Now it's at the center of an international diplomatic firestorm. Um, there's a lot more attention to it, and the crown prince is doubling down. Uh, he's completely freaking out. I told you, remember from very early on, this like when we, everybody was hopeful. Uh, mm-hmm. About the reforms, I was like, "What? This is all horse shit." Remember? I, yeah, yeah, you were, you were right. Yeah, right. And uh, and and the thing is, uh, with Mohammed bin Salman, uh, one of the things that this is I, always I, the face of Islamic reform in Iran, yeah. in Saudi Arabia, everywhere else. Whenever you hear reform, re- religion, a name of a religion plus reform next to it, be very, very afraid. Be like, this is a cover for a for a very dangerous ideology. Whenever you hear reform, be very skeptical. Mm. Right. So, um, yeah, one, one of the uh, issues with this is every time we talk to anybody from, uh, when, you know, whenever I've talked to Rife's family, uh, you know, they, they say the same thing. You know, his, his family, and his, they, they say that uh, he, Rife wrote about these things that the crown prince is doing. 
Rife wrote about the reason he's in jail is because he wrote about the right of women to drive. He wrote about uh, separation of uh, religion and state in Saudi Arabia. Uh, he wrote about liberal secularism in Saudi Arabia. He didn't say anything about atheism or anything. It's just separation of religion and state. He talked about women being able to vote. Uh, he talked about democratic values. These are all the things that Mohammed bin Salman, he talked about curtailing the religious police, the Matawa in Saudi Arabia. These are things that 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 the crown prince of Mohammed bin Salman or MBS as he's known is doing like no, he's, he's doing not doing things. he's not doing those things no 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 Armin let me make my point he's superficially he's going out and he's putting out these reforms right. and he's doing the exact same stuff but he wants credit for it and Rife who said the same thing and he said it genuinely Rife's in jail for saying these things mm. meanwhile this guy is going around the world trying to paint himself as a reformer right. Uh, because he took those same things, so so it's a, uh, I mean it, it's a pretty sick double standard, um, and I, I mean you can't really expect a lot of rationality uh, from these guys anyway. But it is a in in a way it's a very scary situation because you know we worry for Rive's health and the other prisoners and many other prisoners like him. But on the other hand, it is also a sign that Saudi Arabia is panicking. I mean, this is a very extreme reaction to something like this, and this kind of shows that they feel like that they're they're, they're scared of something there's something happened that 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 they're not well they're uh, scared of Iran something. right now uh, and they want they they this whole reform thing is because they're running running out of money and they need investments from the world and we're like yeah hey, there's mm -hmm. new Saudi Arabia bring your monies in and but it's all just it's all it's all just a show this this is this always confirms the same thing none of these rights mean anything without the right to free speech this is all rights if if these rights come from the top these are just something that you could give to people when when there's like when you want media attention and take away as 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 easily as you just gave it to people but these are rights that you 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 don't get as a gift these are rights that you take from your government, but and the first right that you take from that's why, and it all has to be based on the principle of free speech. Because if you can't express yourself, and these are things that the government gives to you, you actually haven't gained anything. It's all just a show because it's basic. It's it could as as easily be taken away. This has been happening through history again and again. There the. the the woman rights that Reza Shah gave, like, oh, women education in Iran and stuff, it all just went away, right? Because you didn't, you didn't give the, the, this value of people being able to speak against authorities. Without that, none of these other rights mean anything. The rights that Ataturk gave, like education, uh, anti-religion, still, you, you, it was, he was still, um, you know it, it was it was still not free it wasn't a free country uh when you you need these are rights that need to be f taken from the bottom from the top not given from the top to the bottom to the people and if it's not achieved that way it's not going to be lasting and it's just all, only going to be for show and 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 f people who are buying it are slowing down actually the real uh, freedoms and the f real rights that you enjoy. This is here's here's an example, right? It, it you could be you could be either in a family where I I like imagine if I tell my wife that okay you're not um 
you're not going to eat tonight because I didn't like the way you talk to me in the, in this, in the, in the party, right? In front of everybody, you embarrassed me. So you, you're going to go to sleep hungry tonight, right? And if she just snaps at me and says, fuck off, like, what the hell are you just talking about? Like you, like she makes it like she reacts in a way that makes it clear that that was such a bullshit thing for me to say and retaliates in a way that I would never, ever think of ever saying something like that. That's a right that then, then that's her. She managed to show the authority that she has in this household and didn't give me ground. And that's the real meaningful way that you, that you, that you show the rights that you have. Right. But if I create an environment where I decide that, okay, you sit here, you sit in the corner because you, you know, you misbehaved, uh, or I beat my wife or I don't feed her or punish her in cruel ways, uh, because, uh, I have authority and she doesn't in, in my household. Um, and then one day I come and say like, okay, from now on, you get to eat two meals a day instead of three meals a day. As long as you miss, as long as you keep behaving this way that I want you to behave. And if you come and clap for that, and if you come and say, wow, great, this is a step in the right direction. This is actually not a step in the right direction. This is a step in the wrong direction because you're applauding the position of authority that I have, right? If you, if you clap when I'm actually now rewarding my wife because of good behavior, if you think that's a step in the right direction, you, you are encouraging my behavior. You're encouraging the authority I have in this relationship. Anyways, I hope mm. it. Yeah, go ahead. No, it's good. Okay, so um, they don't want to talk to Satan. Okay, that's Beach. Uh, Jim King is saying, uh, do you think it is the marginalized that would be more radical looking for an identity and finding it through being part of a true religion instead of embracing liberal Western values? So are they the marginalized, the people who are disenfranchised and everything? Are they the ones who are who have a tendency to be more radical, um, who are looking for an identity. And Wait, what's uh, the question again? Sorry, can you repeat that? He's saying, you know, it, the uh, the whole idea is who's more likely to become a uh, part of a true religion, in quote, like a really pious, uh, fundamentalist type of person. It, would it be someone who is, he's saying, do you think that it would be the marginalized that would be more, that would tend to be more radical because they're looking for an identity and, and because they're finding it through being part of a true religion instead of, embracing liberal western values you're talking about in western countries right like you're not talking about people in saudi arabia or in iran or in bangladesh or in pakistan is that is that who are we talking to yeah i guess it could be anywhere though because I if mean, in saudi arabia no then you do, you're not it's not the marginalizer it's the people that are actually inside the bubble of their own religious you know family mm -hmm. and dogma or yeah, it's. I think it can come from a lot of places. It can come from. I mean, it comes from indoctrination for sure. The majority of people who do that. I, I think in the in the West, yeah, like as Armin is saying, people who feel disenfranchised, they usually try to look for other things. Mm -hmm. uh, you have the famous example of Sayyid Qutb, who was one of the, the sort of the founding fathers of the Muslim Brotherhood, uh, and this is a guy who um, came to America, and he was uh, to, to study, and and he was just shocked by what he saw. I mean, he he described in one of his books that he went into a church basement, yeah, a basement at a church where people were dancing, and all he saw and he wrote, he's like, there were, you know, hips pressed against hips, and there were women moving their bodies, and he was just com 
completely he was he was almost obsessed with the, the sort of the sexual displays everything that he saw was a sexual display uh in the united states and then he went back and uh, that was actually one of the things that drove him to become really active and and you know pretty much functionally in a way found the muslim brotherhood and its ideology as we know it today so there are People, I, I wrote about this in, in my book in terms of identity formation. I touched on it a little bit. The fourth chapter is called A Tale of Two Identities, uh, where uh, we discussed four ways in which people develop their identities that are based on how much you explore and then how much you commit. So people who explore a lot of different options, who are exp- exposed to a whole a wide variety of different ways to live. Uh, like in like in pluralistic societies, you see the way how Western people live, how conservative societies live, and so on. Uh, and then, uh, when you explore, then you commit to a set of values that you feel is more you. Uh, then there are other people who don't explore a whole lot, and they have to commit. And th- those are people who, for example, are indo- indoctrinated; they haven't been exposed to a lot of things, but you know their parents have always been religious Christians or Muslims, so they become religious Christians and Muslims without exploring. So high commitment, low exploration. Then there are people who have uh, high exploration but no commitment. They're like the wandering souls. And then you have uh, the the people who don't have either. So, uh, so the, generally, the, the people who've been shown to have uh, to to edge towards radicalism of any kind are the people who have low levels of exploration and high levels of commitment. I mean, these, these are this is a, a sociologist. I, I don't know. It was he was a Canadian guy named Marcia who came up with these classifications. Anyway, I'm not going to dwell into it too much. As well, <laughs> it'll become a longer conversation. But this is a very interesting topic, and and do check out if you have my book. Check out chapter four, and then I described it. I just want to point out that we shouldn't be um, only focusing on the pious. I mean, I'm not saying you're you're doing that, but um, the non-pious ones are the ones that, that that give you the numbers, right? They give you the cover for the pious ones to uh, to cause their harm. So without that cover, the ideology wouldn't last that long, right? Like yeah. you don't get the num you, the huge numbers of Christians and Muslims is mostly with the non-pious ones, and non-pious ones are the ones is basically the sugar sugar coating for the for the poison that is in the middle. So mm-hmm. we need yeah, to. But, re- but they do that largely because they look at it as an I, 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 they look at the identity aspect because they they feel like it's part of their identity and they're defensive of it. So even if they don't necessarily believe the values or they they're ignoring Islam as you say, right? Mm. They still think of it as as part of uh, as a sort of birth identity. Like I'm I'm uh, yeah, a and brown, that's a pro- that's Egyptian, a huge problem. I'm Muslim, right? Yeah, and that's, that's a huge that, problem because then they make it give it authority. They give it. Yeah, it, it is the the worst thing, the most evil thing about religion in general is the way that it it gets its tentacles into this ideology gets its tentacles into your right. into your identity. That's one of the worst things. And th- and that's why, like, that's why I think a lot of like anti extremist um, programs out there have completely are completely getting it wrong because they're trying to figure out. Who are the extremes or who are the pious ones? I tried to see uh, how could you get the, uh, stop that mentality instead of addressing the whole Islam as a, as an ideology as a whole because nobody, none of these organizations will ever look at just addressing Islam because that's you that's not like the right thing to do. That's not the PC thing to do. But that is the solution. And I always say like people like uh, do- YouTube videos of Dawkins or Carl Sagan has been responsible for most people, most of, uh, has de-radicalized more people than any of this PC 
um, anti-extremism bullshit uh, out there or anti-radical, anti-terrorist programs out there. None of them have ever pr produced as much of a result as just going out and, you know, to telling people what's fact and what, how do you recognize facts from bullshit? That's the solution. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just got a, I, I shared this thing on my, on my Facebook and I just got a comment from a guy who is called Matthew Noel. It's clearly a fake name when you go to his profile. Uh, he says, I wish I can kill you in front of all world. I'm not Muslim, but I want to kill you because you are doing really bad. You motherfucker, son of bitch. And remember from today, I'll start my mission to find you no matter where you are. I'll find you. At, and then it cuts off. Wait, who is that to? To you? I have no idea. It's just a comment on our, our on where I posted that we're doing a lot. Oh, no, it's on your thing. It's on Armin's. Oh, nice. It's, it's on your, yeah. So there you go. Another one. Another one to Yay. add to it. They keep on coming. So, uh, yeah, the, it, clearly Matthew Noll is a fake name. And he's saying, I'm not Muslim, but that's always a I'm thing. Why are you trying to find me? I know, not, I know. Like, you seem to be uh, very, uh, yeah, Matthew. Matthew. Yeah, so... Um, so this interesting name, Islam, Zionism, Regressive Left, Alt-Right, and Geopolitics. That is your name. Anyway, so this person is asking, Daniel Hakikachu can, can't imagine human morality can evolve. I saw him express this during a lecture he held somewhere. Have you guys discussed that before? Oh, if, by the way, the Matthew, guy, the Matthew guy that says I'm not a Muslim, he has a flag of Pakistan. Yeah, he's, a, he's clearly Pakistan. <laughs> it also says on his profile he's from Kadia, which is a, a small city in Pakistan. So, yeah. He's, yeah. He's, okay, he's, Matthew, he's, sure. He's Pakistan. That's your real name. Okay. Matthew Noel. But he, hey, he did a name with a silent K. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Yeah, go, go, go. It's not something you expect from, uh, you know, uh, Islamic fundamentalists or Trump supporters. Um, okay. So I saw him express this. Yeah. So Daniel Hakikaju can't imagine human morality can evolve. I saw him express this during a lecture to be held somewhere. Have you guys discussed that before? If slash how human ethics and morality can evolve? Um, we, we actually have. So because this would be a very, very long discussion for QA, I, I would um, probably refer you to. Uh, two conversations we had in the past. In the past, we had a conversation with Jerry Coyne, uh, who is an evolutionary biologist um, and very, very smart, brilliant guy. Uh, so he was he was on the show a few episodes ago. So do oh, that check. was one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, mine too. Uh, and the I think he's so underrated. Like, like really, more people need to know about this guy. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I'm going to say three episodes. Uh, the second one that we had was with Steven Pinker. So Steven Pinker, many of you know, he's the author of Enlightenment Now. Uh, and uh, so Armin and I had a really fantastic conversation with him uh, a few weeks ago. So that's also uh, out. Oh, yeah, that was good. That out. Uh, and the third one is Matt Dillahunty, who is both Ooh, yeah. the and Armin. So we talked about the, uh, a little bit, we touched on human Matt, ethics and you know, morality. A lot of atheists know Matt Dillahunty. But even though he's famous among atheist circles, I also Matt Dillante, I think he's way too underrated compared to how much he contributed. Like Matt Dillante needs to be like Sam Harris levels famous or Dawkins. I, famous. Well, yeah, I, I think he's uh, he's actually uh, probably one of the most brilliant minds that I know. Yeah. That I've ever watched. If you watch him debate anybody on stage and how spontaneous and quick on his feet he is, just Jesus got a mind that's just sharp. Yeah. Hell. You know, so I, you know what episode, I'm waiting for? Said, that's actually, what, yeah. what, what would be the best debate match? Ben Shapiro versus Matt Delante on, on God. 
that would be an awesome that would be an awesome debate that would, that would be good because that so, doesn't let anybody bullshit around all the excuses that ben shapiro makes for god yeah yeah so so if you guys want to check that out those three episodes jerry coin steven pinker uh matt delahunty uh and matt delahunty also debated jordan peterson and yeah. he, we talked quite a bit on our show as well so check out those three episodes of secular jihadists in the past and and you'll get a good idea thank you for that question uh brian harrison oh i love this guy he's he keeps on he's still uh uh sort of uh asking us to check out his boy takashi 69 i don't know how to pronounce that can you type in how to pronounce that so i can pronounce it right and i can plug it properly his uh music video with Nicki minaj named fifi everybody go out and check that out later after you're done watching this uh, Beach Armin went into the okay back alley that you we covered that mm-hmm. uh, specialist generalist is saying hi Armin this is Alex we met in Sydney I was the first to leave the bar after the day of reckoning hi Alex I'm, I'm trying to watch this at work hey if you're still watching thank you for doing that I know that's a lot of fun to don't watch get, it for- don't get fired for us why were you the first to leave the bar probably had a flight to catch oh really Oh, okay. I, I never thought of that. I was like, I wouldn't be bragging about that. Oh, I was the first to leave the bar. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, okay, so there's some other comments. I met, I met a lot of great people in Sydney. I want to go back one day. Oh, I can't wait to see your video in the no-go area. Yeah, well, yeah, it wasn't a no-go area. That was an exaggeration. Yeah. <laughs> like, they call it a no-go zone, and I went to a no-go zone, and I, it, I, it was easy to go to a no-go zone, which bas- basically... It's contradictory to its definition of a no-go zone. Yeah. So, oh, here's a said ex-Muslim atheist. Can you guys create and host a call-in show on YouTube? Well, we, we, we're going to be having a lot more um, Patreon-only uh, meetups. Um, so we're going to, with our patrons, we're going to have like um hanging out just talking like 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 just like me and ali are but like with three other people at a time which are our patrons i don't know call-in shows might be difficult to pull but um just hanging out with patrons uh, on google hangout and talking to them live that's something we're going to do we were trying to manage um, manage doing that one by one and it ended up being so difficult schedule uh, scheduling wise so i think we're going to do three at a time once we figure out how to do it yeah time. um and, and you can become a patron if you're interested in doing that and taking part in the more like uh, uh the one-on-one stuff that uh, or the the group chats that armin is talking about um right. just go to patreon.com slash sjme actually no or just no, go no. to secular yeah yeah which, which i just i'm in the process of making a website if you go right now to secularjudges.com you can see it's not ready yet but i'm i'm making a it's it's working right like you can see it's a work in progress so secularjudges.com, but there's going to be also a, you know how people, a lot of our patrons have access to patron only content, which is our videos with our guests. Um, mm-hmm. But every time they're like, Hey, where's that video? Like of you and Steven Pinker, I can't find it. And they have to like scroll down to find the video because they want to, I'm, I'm going to make it very easy for patrons to, to access the content that all, they have only access to on our website at some point. So all of the patron only content is in, on one page. Uh, yeah that's gonna be awesome yeah so yeah check it out secularjihadist.com work in progress it's still happening but yeah. it's gonna happen uh, so um jim is saying john paul pagobo comment to armin 
should be mentioned. He said, quote, outrageous. It is not right to out somebody not ready. Let Allah out himself. Yeah. You don't know how homophobic his people are. I consider this a very, uh, I, it's something phobic, probably transphobic, because he said, let Allah out himself. No, you're, you're right. I'm sorry to add. There should be themselves. Wait. Oh. To, uh, we, we don't know. You're assuming Allah's gender. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. right. So, I know. Armin should have been careful about that. No, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to. I apologize to Allah if he wasn't ready to come out. Um, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't mean to. I thought. I think it was for a good cause. But if you weren't ready, I, I sincerely apologize. There you go. Yeah. Good one. Um, B just saying hi, uh, Mc Michael and Michael saying hi, everybody. Okay. Hi, both of you guys. Shruti is saying, hey, guys, I love all you do. I'm a secular Indian living in the USA and a huge fan. I'm so excited to watch you all live right now. That's amazing. I love it. I love all the hearts you put on. So all right back at you. And she and asked, she asked another question below about and having an X-Hindu on, which you are preparing one we are doing that so i have uh you know one of my friends and i love his writing his name is uh oh an ex-hindu um it's yeah it's okay yeah, i'm not gonna i'm actually not gonna mention this person yet uh, but the thing is that we will be having an episode on the whole hindutva thing and all of the stuff that's happening in india right now with yeah. uh, the hindu nationalism because uh, we tend to get a lot of grief from them too yeah hindu nationalism is becoming scarier and scarier isn't it yeah, it is. It's, it's getting pretty nuts. Yeah. Uh, so, um, we have uh, Juna is saying good comments by both of you. Thank you. Okay. Yes, I'd like to be on. Beach. Oh, what happened here? Are you sharing a screen? Oh no, am I? Yeah, something happened on the on the live thing. It all switched to little little squares and stuff. I look a lot better this way. Oh shit, my face is back. <laughs> Ah, oh, all right. Oh, I'm being self-deprecating. Maybe. Oh, yeah, wait, you're seeing some, some of my screen is. Nobody told me about this. How come nobody? Some of my screen is showing up in your screen. Let me fix that. All right, keep, keep going. Go. Is it? That's pretty cool. You oh should, wow! That's you should awesome. go. You should go a little bit to the. Can you go a little bit to your left? To your left. Left. My left. Move okay. a little bit to your left. Move more. 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 Okay. Yes. Okay. Even more. Yeah. Oh, I know what to do, actually. I could just small, reduce. No, I can't. Anyway. Yeah, this is getting like I have to lean. I'm going to get back pains. Anyway, I'm an old man. Um, <laughs> okay, so Shruti's continuing. She's saying, also, any plans on uh, to bring in any ex-Hindu? Oh, th so that's what yeah. you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. I yes, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, we will be doing that. Um, uh, Beach. Oh, shit. I lost my place. Hold on. Sorry, guys. There's so many questions here. I'm trying to... Uh, da, da, da. There's two of me. Okay, okay, yeah, I'm back where I was. Hizbut Tahrir guy in the USA claimed he couldn't speak while giving a speech. Well, yeah, that... <laughs> I guess, yeah, that happens. People do get shouted down. I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of shouting down. It's not necessarily a legal free speech issue, but it'd be nice if people were able to talk and we could expose their ideas. Now, can't Islam just give up on politically repressive ideas without giving up on the spiritual side of it? What spiritual side? The spiritual side of it is also a problem. They're connected. They're both integrated deeply no, you, okay, with each other. Okay, Islam. Okay, Islam. Uh, if Islam had no politics and it was only spiritual, it, it would still, still be, be wrong. Okay, it's still, still be, it's yeah. still bullshit, right? He can't just 
stop opposing ideas that are wrong just because they're not political. You know, you you attack bullshit wherever you see it, right? Like astrology, right? How many people have been killed by astrology so far? I don't, you know, not that many, mm -hmm. but but you have to you have to call it out as nonsense because if you if we allow uh, harmless bullshit without evidence, we also allow harmful bullshit without evidence because once you remove the filter of reason you have no control over what gets through that's the only place where you could make a difference what other yep. filter can you introduce if people believe in guardian angels and really nice things that have no evidence for them um they are more susceptible to believing demagogues and conspiracy theories right it's just a fact so so just because the guardian angels are not necessarily harmful because you know they give you comfort because they make you feel nice even though they're not true you're not applying your critical thinking filter to it you're not applying reason to it so then later on when something that is harmful comes up right and someone does come up and tell you that the sandy hook thing didn't happen or right. uh, you know or whatever it is vaccines cause autism or something or or that it's okay to kill infidels and they yeah, do you if you don't have that process if you haven't tuned your mind to think in a way in a critical way uh to to shoot down false claims then then you will be susceptible to it you know do you, who, who said it that if you uh, the, 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 he who can make you believe absurd, absurdities can make you commit Voltaire, that was Voltaire. There's Voltaire. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, just abandon this idea of changing Islam to something better. Just attack false ideas, attack ID claims that are not based on evidence. Whether just, they're harmful yeah. or harmless or don't affect you or affect you, just whether no, it's a religion or not, no just because, to bullshit, right? No to bullshit, yeah. regardless of what bullshit it is. Right? Just struck them down. Okay? Don't try to change the bullshit to a bullshit that you think is harmless. That's not very effective way of attacking <laughs> nonsense. Just say this is that you have no evidence. The process is not the process shouldn't be like, hey, is this gonna affect me or not? No, the process is like, does this make sense? That's the process. That's the most effective. It has always been the most effective process. It has always been the most consistent process. And trying to make excuses for other bullshit is not going to help you in the long term. It's not the it's not the worthwhile investment. Go yeah, on. and just because something is a is a religion, a religion is n nothing but a set of ideas in a books in a book. Just because something is a religion doesn't mean that it can't be attacked in the same way that you'd attack any other bad ideas. And just because loads and loads and loads of people believe in it doesn't necessarily mean it's right. You know what else loads and loads and loads of people believed in until very recently was slavery. The last country to abolish slavery was Oman in 1970. They had slavery until 1970. Saudi Arabia had it until 1962. If you look at what the dates when slavery was abolished, it was very, very recent. All of our ancestors practiced it worldwide, and it was a really tough thing for them to let go. And people used to say the same thing. It's in the Bible. It's in the Quran. Why should we abolish it? We've been doing it for so many millions of people do it. There's so many people who think it's okay. But now we know very obviously that human beings should not be owning other human beings. They just shouldn't. This was not obvious less than a century ago to many people. So no, just because a lot of people believe in something, it doesn't matter if they're in the billions or millions, unless you apply reason and skepticism to it, 
it doesn't hold any water. So attack bad ideas wherever you see them. It doesn't matter how many people think that they're okay, sacred. Okay, so Greg, has, Greg Norris has a response to that. saying, really, you want to get rid of honesty, truth, grace, forgiveness, and all other good things about Christianity so you can have your utopian secular world? That has so, yeah. many, so many fallacies in there. I don't even know where to start. First but of all... You can't talk you, to a Christian about fallacies. Okay, so, so you 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 <laughs> want to you want to get rid of honesty. Honesty, what on, like first of all, that's exactly the opposite of what you're saying. Okay, Christianity is nonsense, and if you want to be honest about it, then you have to admit that that Christian that's actually being honest about that. None of the claims in the Bible is backed up by evidence, so that's honesty. No, I don't want to get rid of honesty. Honesty demands you to be anti-Christianity. Where did that go? It went up. Uh, sorry, Christianity. Uh, is, is we no, have wait, Christianity wait. today because um, there was somebody uh, because of uh, honestly because of modesty culture. There I was go? a girl who did not want to be slut shamed. Right. She had had sex and she got pregnant, and she did not want to be slut shamed because we she lived in a culture of modesty, and that gave us an entire religion that essentially screwed over the world for centuries and centuries and centuries. So, so yeah, there's, there's absolutely no honesty when you're, you're you starting premise a virgin birth and, yeah, uh, you know, a resurrection, someone getting up and getting zombified uh, three days after he, he was I, killed on a cross. This is this so rich. She's saying you want to get rid of truth. No, we want to get rid of Christianity because we stand for truth. Exactly. Uh, great. And uh, you want to get rid of grace? Yes, we do want to get rid of grace because the concept of grace in Christianity is a nonsense, bullshit idea that you only can get salvation through Christ, no matter how evil you are, and no matter how good you are. If you don't get salvation, you're going to go to uh, you're going to get eternal torture. That's a very sadistic and bullshit ideology that I don't know how how it ever got managed to get so much people believe, uh, accepting it as fair. Forgiveness, forgiveness in Christianity is also nonsense because the way that uh, the way it teaches, like, like you have hell, eternal punishment. Yeah, That's not, oh. you, you're talking about a God that can't that uh, that tortures people forever because they didn't accept Jesus, even if they don't commit any crimes. Because some lady many, many years ago ate an apple, we all have are born with originals. He can't get over that. We have to accept. He has to torture his son, and we have to accept his torture. For us to be forgiven for this lady that ate an apple, and yeah, no, that's nonsense. Uh, and all the other good things. What other good things? There are no good. Here's the thing. The, I, I make this bold claim, and I dare you to come at me. I will tell you, there are no good things in Christianity. Zero. Okay? No good things in Christianity. There's nothing in Christianity that is worth preserving. Yeah, nothing. And I'll challenge even you if there is something one. that is, there is seeming, even if there is something that's seemingly good, it's completely unoriginal. It's something that was that predated Christianity, and Confucius or Buddha or somebody else came up everything, with it. Everything, everything that is so like people say that is good about Christianity. Same, the same, same thing goes for Islam. Yeah, it's the same. Th it's the same stuff. Bin Laden, uh, no, Bin Laden, Bin Salman is doing. Uh, basically, the whole idea of like, hey, here's some good stuff. Like, <laughs> That's a uh, good Freudian slip. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, well, actually, yeah. Uh, but um, no, basically, it's the same thing. It's basically like, hey, kill the infidels and beat your wife and take women as slaves in war. Yeah, also, be nice to orphans. Yeah. Like, that's just a cover for all that nonsense. Only uh, our orphans, not the orphans that you get from the Yazidis in war. That's yeah, a very different. Oh yeah, you have to sell them as slaves. Offer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's different. Those you can take as slaves. Okay, anyway. That's the sugar uh, coating for the poison pill. Go yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and 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 as you said stolen from other ideas stolen like uh, yeah all the morality stuff in christianity was a step backwards greek philosophers and many other people have discussed morality in much more nuanced ways thousand like years before christianity was even a thing uh this simplistic warm fuzzy f messages in christianity that you know thou shall not kill unless they start worshiping a golden cow or the witch or they're gay like first of all it's all it's so so simplistic the morality in the bible is uh, you know a five-year-old could come up with a better moral standard than that but go on sorry Okay, so uh, B just saying I can't stand the word tolerate. Even Anjum Chaudhry said Islam tolerates Christians. I agree with you. I think it's a terrible word. It's it's really weird that it became popular with religion. Like it's just religious people. Well, we have tolerance for other religions. We tolerate them. <laughs> Greg, like, wait, wait. Try Greg try is... saying that to your spouse or your girlfriend or your Greg, boyfriend. Greg is like, saying... oh hey, I, I tolerate you. Greg is saying so, and I, I'll, I'll be praying for your hate-filled heart. That's such a hate. That's such a sneaky way to be hateful to people without actually admitting that you're being hateful to people. Like, oh, I, your hate-filled heart. Like, that's basically a Christian way of saying "fuck you." <laughs> right, go I love the fact that all of these things, like these doctrines, that are completely full of hate. Right, right. You know, and they pretend to be, oh, you know, love your enemy and love me and accept me as your savior. Otherwise, I'm going to throw you in and <laughs> and torture you forever. Like that whole, it's like some love that is. It's hilarious. Right. Anyway, uh, so Sohan D'Souza has got a nice little emoji there. Hey, Sohan, you know I love you, man. I can't wait to see you again. Um, imagine saying Saudi Arabia's rules are too harsh and then proving it. Yep. Uh, then uh, Killian. Killian Chorus. Killian Chorus has its own podcast, and I'm going to be on it. And we're scheduling that. And uh, and so we're going to have a conversation. Killian's a, a patron, and, and he's, he's a lot of fun. Uh, he says, what do you think about Insaf Heather? Insaf Heather is Raif's wife. Her embrace of figures like Imam Tawhidi and some figures on the farish right. Um, I I don't really know, Kalyan. I have a lot of friends. That there's a there's a very dynamic conversation. Uh, people have different people that they agree with. I mean, uh, Armin and I have disagreed on figures like Tommy Robinson. Hey, if I, if my if my husband was in jail and being you know. I, I would get whatever help I could get, right? I, 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 I would do that too. I, I know Insaf personally very well. She's a very, very dear friend of mine. Um, so no, is Rife. If, 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 my, if my mom or husband or wife or brother or sister was like in prison and fucking Hitler or Stalin came and said like, hey, this person should be freed. I would be like, yes, Hitler, please come and help me. Like I support, I would support Hitler at that point. Come on, like you have your loved ones in jail, like you can't really be oh, that but, selective. But Armin, that oh, so I, I don't want to, uh, yeah, but I don't want to, because um, since we're talking about Insaf here, I don't want to put her in that, <laughs> that kind of thing. I think that she does think and she has her own way of processing who she supports and who she likes. Um, no, I'm not, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying she's not thinking. I'm thinking, I'm saying that's the most logical thing to do. Yeah, it is. Okay. So, yeah. so, um, but in any case, I, I'm saying that I, I know, I know all three of the kids. I, I love them to death. I, I you know, I have the deepest respect and admiration for Insaf. She's a I just, great friend I just of ours for many, not, many years. We're, we're not in a position to judge. You know, we're, in, you're in a very desperate situation. Yeah. You, anybody that throws you a bone, you have, you have no choice but to take it, right? I think. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, uh, I, and what I know of her is that I know that uh, she has uh, certain ideas. I know she has a clear heart, and 
um, even though we disagree on things. And yes, Insaf and I disagree on a lot of things. Yes, Armin and I disagree on a lot of things. Yasmin and I disagree on a lot of things. We do, and uh, that's fine. And I, I might there's someone who Armin might really like, who I might insult like crazy on Twitter, and vice versa, and that'll be okay. And and we just know that we disagree, but it doesn't matter. Right? There's a lot more to us than than who we uh, ally with and who we're right. friends. And there's a lot more that makes us who we are. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, Juna is saying Imam Tawhidi criticizes Islam, which equals far right. No, he uh, doesn't criticize Islam. I wish he criticized Islam. Doesn't, he criticizes yeah, Muslims. Imam Tawhidi is a he he's a Shia theocrat. A lot of people don't know it because they're only familiar with Sunni Islam. But uh, Shia theocrats are actually very known to sound a lot like people who oppose uh, because they oppose Wahhabism, they oppose the all of the Sunni doctrines and everything. Uh, but you know, you're never really going to hear him apart from the odd criticism of Khomeini, which is not very controversial among today's well, Shia. They, well, the Shia, a lot of Shias think Khomeinism is a different, is a is a misguided branch of Shiism. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not that criticizing Khomeini is not necessarily controversial in the Shia world right now, but he is. Uh, you, you won't really see him doing that that much. Uh, so uh, I would say, and I think that Imam Tawhidi, a lot of stuff he said has been dangerously anti-free speech. So that's also something that I, I, I'm totally, totally not down with. So, And yes, it is true. There are many people who do criticize Islam who do tend to be far-right. In fact, most of the far-right uh, can't stand Islam. They, and we have that. We actually do have that in common with them. We criticize them as well. That doesn't mean that uh, they have the right solutions or they have the right intentions or the right reasons for doing it. A lot of them are sympathetic to fundamentalist Christianity. <laughs> we're not right. a lot of them are very very inconsistent and they're sort of one trick ponies and just a uh, single issue people they are just focusing on Islam it's not overall coming from a place of rationality or evidence based criticism or critical thinking it's not coming from that it's coming from a a, a very sort of narrow vision um, so yeah you know you might see phenotypically on the surface that yeah, okay these people criticize Islam we criticize Islam uh, but uh, they come from very different places. It's like people who criticize foreign policy. There are a lot of people who are very reasonable who don't like a lot of things that uh, the U.S. does in terms of foreign but, policy. But On the other hand, there are jihadists who Bin Laden didn't like U.S. foreign policy either. Does not mean they're the same. Yeah, but Go it's ahead. fair to it's fair to uh, to agree with people that we usually disagree with when they make a point that we agree with. Yeah, even yeah. like even the worst, even if the worst of people, if they say a point that we agree with. They're like, yeah, okay, that's a fair point. I think it's okay. And if we point out that that's a fair point, people are like, oh, how could you support this point person? Or like, well, he, this point right that he made just right here, that's right. I don't know mm -hmm. about his other points. I'm just pointing out that what he said right here, right now, that's correct. Okay. Yes. This I'm, not is actually... I'm not endorsing everything else the, the fucker said. Yeah. Just... <laughs> right. Right. Go on. No, th this is actually a really important point because, and I I'll give you a very specific example. So when I was in Amsterdam uh, for the uh, for you know the Dutch book release, um, I, I had there was an interview and everybody was asking me about Gert Wilders. Gert Wilders is the uh, he's the Dutch MP. And he's known for he wants to ban the Quran, and he's like very sort of anti, uh, not only anti-Islam but anti-Muslim in a lot of ways. Even though he denies it, but I think he is. And they they asked me about it, and I said I agree with his criticisms of Islam. I think that he's right about it. He's actually quite knowledgeable about it, and and I think that when it comes to his criticism of Islam, he is right. However, what the, the kind of things he wants to do are the kind of things that uh, would turn us into them. 
I mean, all of these people who yeah, are not, not exactly. Uh, here, but, here's yeah. no. Th- this is what I think. I think that uh, when these people who are living in caves and all these Islamists and stuff, you know, when they uh, when they look at uh, us over here, they know that they can't take down the West with their little, you know, old missiles and tanks and things like that. But what they can do is they can create such a panic that we start compromising on civil liberties. We start compromising on free speech. We start compromising on uh, all of the other things that that are at the foundation of what Western civilization is, and the moment when we start contram- compromising on human rights, and and when Theresa May tweeted that, you know, if uh, human rights laws get in the way of our security, then we will change our human rights laws. She actually said that in a tweet. Um, when you have that, you know, you're you're that's the way that they can take you down. So I, even though I think that his criticisms are right, I think his solutions. And people like him and the solutions that they have are, are completely wrong. Yeah. And you know, that's they're one thing. They're wrong, but it's not as far as turning us into them. Like they are way far out. Islam is yeah, way they're far way out. far. But if we start, I, I mean, yeah. we're not going to turn into them and start throwing gays off rooftops. That's right. what I'm saying. Yeah. But if we start compromising on our values and start saying, okay, we'll change our human rights laws for security mm-hmm. or things like that. Then I think that we're doing, we're playing into their hands. Yeah, that's what they want us yeah, to do. we're basically the same kind of attitude. Because yeah. they want us to cannibalize ourselves and compromise on our values. If we start doing that with civil rights, and we start doing that with free speech, and we start doing right. that with yeah. the stuff, then this it's question, a problem. Let's go to the next. Um, I see some comments I want to respond to. So okay, I'd say okay. So let's move off of Tahiti. Uh, do you guys think Salman is only making Saudi Arabia more oppressive in an attempt to maintain power? Yes. Arrest anybody that yeah. So we we yeah. already talked about that. Yes, we do think he is. Yeah. Uh, he's a he's like the worst uh, human rights. Um, uh, the most the world's largest cam- criminal right now because of the the greatest human rights crisis right now in the world right now. I think it's Yemen, which Ben Salman is mostly responsible for. Yeah. So he is the worst of the worst in our world today. Yeah. So I don't know about many Skytails saying this. I don't know about many Saudi doctors in Ontario. I know about many Jew doctors, but not Arabs. So, okay, so this is an interesting question. Well, one thing is that uh, the, the Saudis may have used Canada as an example in this because Canada and Saudi Arabia don't really need each other as much as, say, the U.S. and Saudi Arabia do. Right, and that's why the U.S. hasn't shown solidarity with Saudi Arabia. But the places where Canada does benefit from Saudi Arabia is there are sixteen thousand foreign students in Canadian universities that who are Saudi. They all pay foreign fees, and that actually brings in millions and millions and millions of dollars to the Canadian economy. So yes, you know when they pull out all their students, they know that it's going to hurt Canada to some extent, even though it won't be really really severe. When it comes to Saudi doctors. Saudi Arabia does send its doctors and its residents uh, to foreign countries for postgraduate training, um, and they fund it, right? So, so they actually fund Canadian healthcare in a way. So when they take that away, that also um, hits the healthcare system, and it decreases the the, the manpower uh, that we have to to treat patients. Um, so, and there already is a physician shortage in in a lot of provinces in Ontario. So these are these are tactics that the Saudis are using to hit at Canada because they know that they can't really hit them with other things like oil, right? With, right. Which we don't really. You know, I them. really think Saudi is going down in the next twenty years years or so, man. Like I really Oops. think I really think as as we find more alternative sources of energy, they don't have the the plans to you know. To find other sources, like they 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 seem so incompetent, and they seem to making. I just think this. I don't. I'm not sure, but I think like sh- like 
you know, shit is going to hit the fan in Saudi Arabia pretty soon. And I don't know. No, yeah, I, I, I kind of feel like I think it's going to happen in a lot of those regions. Right. Um, so uh, did you see those cyclists that were killed biking across Afghanistan? Troll not. I no, I didn't actually. I'm, unfortunately, I can't comment on that. I knew. I know there's a recent Taliban attack. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. In Kabul, that was horrific. Yeah. Um, okay, so conscience, now that some of them are kind of talking to each other. Uh, okay, why are there so many ginger converts to Islam? I already is responded to that. Oh, you did? Okay. I said because they don't have any soul. <laughs> okay, so you did. <laughs> right. Because gingers have no soul. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Okay, so I'm going to scroll, keep going. Uh, has anyone figured out how the number of 2.8 billion Muslims has worked out? They can't all be Sunni. There are 2.8 billion Muslims. Wait, uh, 2.8? How did it? No, 1.8. 1.8, yeah. Oh my, yeah. I just don't. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, th I think that there are, yeah, they can't all be Sunni. There are many other ones as well, but this is counting Muslims who were born in Muslim families. Uh, uh, most ex-Muslims in the world, most secular Muslims were also born in Muslim families. So, you know, whenever they say that, they, they oh, that Islam will be the biggest religion in 2050 or whatever, that's not counting a lot of people who may not believe in the religion by that time, which I think there'll be much fewer, especially with the millennial generation. Um, talked about the Catholic mess in Pennsylvania. Oh, man, yeah, this is fucking horrible, isn't it? The uh, Catholic... Uh, oh, big yeah. 300 priests and over a thousand victims yeah again um yeah i i i uh, what are you, what are you going to say about that i mean this is just um what? this is the catholic church this is the face of the catholic church right now yeah it's yeah. it's child molestation yeah. it's uh just absolutely horrific and it's the the worst part of it is the way they try to cover it up if there was any other institution doing this there's any company where 300 employees were found to do this and the company covered it up that company would be dead shit in the ground right now that's what the catholic church deserves but it's not going to happen to the catholic church because it's a religion okay hey you want to say anything else? No, no, I think you understand. There's so many things they want to get to, but you were so far behind, so let's get to them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm almost catching up. I'm going really fast. Okay. Uh, Sohan, speaking of identity, M MI5 says there's evidence that a well-established religious identity actually protects against violent radicalization. Any thoughts on that? Uh, my, my thought, I don't, I don't know about that. I think that there may be some cases that that uh, could be true, um, I think that the MI5, the CIA, all of these people, I don't think that anything that they've done in terms of counterterrorism has really borne any fruit. I don't think that they've gotten it right yet. Uh, when we see the effects of that in the real world, when we see that you know terrorism is going away, this mindset is going away, uh, then we'll do it. But I, I think that most of them are in denial and they're trying to be very, very nice about the fact that religious indoctrination and religious theology is at the root of many of these things. Or even if it's not at the root, it's a key factor. I think it isn't at the root of it. It's a key factor. And until they keep on denying that and trying to find other things, uh, they are going to find things that are not true. I think or even true, they're only sort of peripheral. Uh, and and un unless it's borne out by evidence, unless we actually see the results um, of the ideology going down, not I the think attack. it's missing. The, I think people are missing the point. I think people uh, think uh, 
people don't understand that this whole terrorism stuff mm-hmm. is like a small fraction of the cost of religion. Exactly. Right? They keep on obsessing over like, or uh, when people think of cost of religion, they just imagine suicide bombers. And they, when it comes to Islam, they think of suicide bombers. When it comes to Christianity, they think of child molestation. But with both of these, that's like a fraction of the cost to the economy, to social life, to our health, to our, uh, to everything, to, uh, you know, I mean, I always give examples of, you know, like in Philippines, uh, just as the small, this attitude towards, for example, anything that stops a pregnancy could be seen as a negative. The consequences of that to the economy and to people's lives has been so devastating. And nobody thinks about, like most people don't think about, oh, cost of Christianity or Philippines, a country with so many people, how many people has that affected? Way, way, way more than, way many people are in in poverty uh, than the people, than the children that the the Catholic church have molested than, than just in, just in one country, right? How many people's, how many people, how many politicians have made decisions based on their faith rather than something more, uh, you know, rational? How many, how many people are not with the people that, that they love because of their religions? How many people are ashamed of, of their sexual orientation, have disgusted by who they are because of their religion? How many people have been disowned by their family? How many people are spending time in the mosque instead of their family because of their religion? Imagine add that all that time and that they could have spent on something else. What, what, what is the cost associated with that? How many people are donating to churches? How many t- people are donating to mosques? How many resources are being spent on on building on Islamic Islamic uh, schools, and uh, how many jobs are being associated uh, being spent on religious, uh, you know, re- religious religion related uh, jobs and school and and t- uh, teaching positions and and moms. I know if you add up all the costs of these little things together, they're way, 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 way above suicide bombing and child molestation. Now, I'm not saying those are not because if you have lost a child because of a suicide bomber or if your child has been molested by a priest, you would say, oh, fuck you, this is the major cost, right? But if obviously those are major, those are big problems, but that's not the only thing. So people are like, oh, look, hey, so um, we have lots of religious people that are not terrorists. So religion is not a problem. That's not the main cause of religion. Religion fucks with us in so many other ways. So many other ways. And it's obvious that it fucks with us in so many ways because just because of the simple fact that if you have, if you make decisions based on bullshit, if you make, if you don't make decisions based on beliefs that are closer to reality and closer to truth, that is going to have a cost. That is obviously going to have a cost. Anyways, let's go move on. And and you you do have exceptions. Just really quick, I <laughs> I, I think I met somebody once when I was speaking somewhere, and, and this guy came up and he told me his dad was just a psychopath. He committed lots of crimes, did horrible horrible things, and then he went to prison, and then he found Christianity, and he normalized it. That was the only thing that kept him controlled. So there are cases like that. There are times, but it doesn't. It's not because it's Christianity. It's not because it's Islam. It's just because people find some sort of structure. They could have found the same thing in anything else. Um, it's it's not a very stable system. Um, okay, do you like to do the pod? Casey is saying, do you like to do the podcast with just two or miss doing it with four people? Um, I want to do it with four people, but two patrons, like your five people with patrons. So, yeah, with would- patrons would be fun. 
Yeah. I think uh, there were advantages to both. When you had four people, there was a lot more, like it was camaraderie, there were a lot of jokes. It was, but it was hard to get an opinion out, though. Yeah, but yeah, it was hard to get an opinion out. It was hard to have lengthier and more in-depth discussions. Uh, there was a lot of sort of talking over. It was, I think, much more difficult for our the sound uh, mixing guy. And uh, yeah, and scheduling was tough too. Four people were all very, very busy and had a lot of things going on. So, and scheduling along with a guest, that was a, that was a tough thing. So that we have a lot easier now. And I, I like the way that we can get more in depth with conversations now. So they both have their pluses and minuses, but I, this has really grown on me. I like it with, uh, with yeah. uh, Armin and myself, Armin, you know, it's a very nice tender moment right now happening. Oh. I'm expressing myself <laughs> emotionally. Anyway, Colin show. Okay, we're talking about let's skip the Colin show stuff. Uh, oh shit! Uh, fuck! Uh, I keep on a specialist generalist is saying. Oh my god! Okay. Yeah, I think that's a that's one thing I wanted to respond to. Is that what? Is that me? Out no, there's a, there's a lot of things. I disagree with you about grace as an yes. attitude. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. To, I disagree with you about grace as an attitude to have to other people and also about forgiveness. Do you think punishment is better? Armin, don't go over the top, man. Armin, are you mm. going over the top? If, if, go, if, if standing against bullshit, if standing against nonsense, if standing against claims without evidence is going over the top, I will definitely go over the top every day, right? If that's what you mean by going over the top. Grace and Christianity is a bullshit concept. It's a harmful conce uh, concept. It's a concept that suggests that uh, you, you, you need you know, Christianity to be full. It's a concept that teaches you that uh, we are all... Um, we're all sick. We're all sinners. We're all uh, need to be. It, it looks down like it basically makes you feel like shit. It convinces you that there you have a problem, uh, and the only solution is through uh, salvation. Is through Christianity. It's a con. The concept of grace in Christianity is a con, and I was. I, I'm definitely against that concept every day. What was the other concept that I said that? Oh, forgiveness. The concept of forgiveness in Christianity is also a bullshit concept, uh, because uh, first of all. If it's a, if the forgive because first of all it is is being preached by a god that doesn't first of all forgive unless you give it credit unless like as god the god that is asking you to forgive unconditionally which is actually a stupid demand you can't forgive unconditionally you you t tell a mom that that has lost a child in war to forgive the the people that took took their took her child away from him if you demand that mom to forgive the the people that killed uh, her children you're an asshole right no you, you people some people don't demand don't deserve forgiveness but it's so so bizarre that this demand for forgiveness and unconditional forgiveness is coming from a god that doesn't forgive unconditionally that does require you credit that deserve that that does <laughs> that does demand worship. That does demand submission. 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 Oh wow, we said it at the same time. Yes. <laughs> submission. That's what it's submission to Jesus and accepting Jesus as your savior. Which is and submission is by the way what Islam means. Islam means to yeah. submit. They're both they're both demanding submission. But the thing is that 
it, it is so bizarre because if you could commit the worst crimes in Christianity, but if you submit to Jesus and if you accept him as, as your Lord and Savior, if you raped a thousand children and killed the million people, as long as you, as long as you accept Jesus, you're forgiven. And if you, but if you have not heard a fly and been charitable to every single person that you ever met and you don't accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your, your, your destiny is eternal torture. That whole concept of forgiveness is nonsense and is so unfair. In fact, Christianity is responsible for popularizing the idea of hell, which is the most sadistic idea, idea humans have ever come, came up with, you know? So, you know, I don't, I, I, there's Christianity is like, is a, is a barbaric, cruel, um, ideology that doesn't deserve any of this, like, Hey, be kind to your neighbor or, Oh, forgive your enemies. Nonsense. You have to put, you know, that's all, that's all just empty, empty, warm, fuzzy shit that is making excuses for one of the most barbaric ideologies of in history. I don't, and not, not, I uh -huh. would never excuse any of that because of that. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Okay, cool. So, yeah, we're done. Yeah, that was yeah, that was kind of fun. You're a lot of fun to listen to when you talk about Christianity. <laughs> uh, I I mean it. Okay, so uh, Alex Grizzly, I think we can give a quick answer to this. He said, should gay Muslims uh, stay a moderate religious Muslim to change the image of Islam and reform the religion? No. They drop Islam as a whole. Uh, I, they should drop Islam. I, I think they should. If you, uh, if you're trying to change the image of Islam, you're, you're, you're just standing in our way of, of getting rid of nonsense, bullshit ideas. Yeah, and, and this is, it's, it's sort of self oppression. I think it's very, very clear what Islam says about no, the gay people. I know people are denial about, it. I, I also want to plug, uh, the, sorry, only time, the only time that you have to make an ex, you, ha you have to be like, okay, fine. I'm a Muslim. Um, even though you don't believe in that stuff is when you're, when you are in, in any threat, right? Mm -hmm. Like that, you just be a, just, but that's just a, that's not really you being a Muslim. That's just you pretending to be a Muslim, yeah. right? So I, I would refer people to listen to our, our episode with Jimmy Bangash. Jimmy Bangash is yeah. a Pakistani British, uh, ex-Muslim gay, um, uh, activist right so gay ex-muslim activist uh he's also a member of cemb so uh, do check out that episode it was incredible it was about i think two hours but uh, he really talked about what it was like being uh, muslim and gay growing up muslim and gay it's a, right. it's a, one of my favorite episodes that we've ever done and that, that'll i think answer a lot of address a lot of the questions alex um uh, okay, Sohan is saying uh, humans should not own other humans, but Matt Dillahunty will probably own Dinesh D'Souza in November anyway. Oh my God! Yes, I can't. Oh, he fucking will. <laughs> so yes, That's just so you don't know, Pankburn <laughs> Philosophy, yeah. uh, who Armin uh, works with, is uh, uh, hosting a Matt Dillahunty and Dinesh D'Souza debate in November. Where is it, Armin? Do you know? I think that was in New York. Can you? Oh my God! You're putting me in the spot. Uh, yeah. Can, can you? Well, I mean, you guys have. It's a good thing that you're getting them mixed up because that means you have a lot of great events happening. Yeah. Uh, in any case, Armin's gonna look that up. Yeah. Uh, so Jin D is Jin D is from Saudi Arabia. She's By the way, Beach asked a few questions, a few times about your shirt. You didn't respond to her. Oh, what did he say? That she. Uh, oh. Yes, in New York. Okay, so so it's in New York. In is in November. Yeah, I was right. Haha, <laughs> I was right. Uh, November 29th in New York. With Matt, okay, yeah, Delante versus 
D'Souza. It's on pangburnphilosophy.com. Go check it. Don't miss this, guys. This is going to be a major takedown. If, uh, yeah, I mean, this is going to be a bloodbath. But yeah, yeah. And Dinesh D'Souza is such a fucking dickbag anyway. <laughs> I can say that. I'm not debating him. Anyway, uh, whoever's asking about my shirt, yes, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have. There's a teaser up here. It says, this is an opinion. And then, can you see? And then there's an onion here. And then it says, the pie is silent. This is my dad shirt. I'm a dad now. So this oh is a dad shirt. Okay, dad shirt. Okay, okay. Do you get it, Armin? Yes, I right? mean. Yeah, there are a lot of people who don't get it still. Oh, wow. We got a super chat. Oh, wow. Cool. That's good. What do we get? Well, um, wait, wait. Before we do this super chat, Jin D is from Saudi Arabia, and she wants to know how much time is left, and she wants to talk about... She had a couple of questions. Jin D, we'll get to at least one of them, uh, because that's very important to us. And thanks for joining us all the way yeah, from Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia, Jin D. Yeah, Jin D from Saudi Arabia. Always always great to have you here. Mm -hmm. um, so, how do you pronounce this? Uh, Anastan... Can you 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 mentioned it sometime uh, a few times? Nusantara, something like that. Yeah, go ahead. Nusantara, Nusantara. Yes. Thank you so much for the super chat. It's two something. I don't know what that A is. I think it's Australian dollars. Uh, right. Thanks for your time, guys. Thoughts on Baha'is? Baha'i. Oh, Baha'is. Uh, that's a longer conversation. I don't know that much about it. I know it's sort of like a, a syncretic religion. Uh, where it has elements of Zoroastrianism and it also has elements of uh, Islam and it has elements of a bunch of other uh, Shia, faiths. In it. The, yeah. Yeah. And so there is a. Yeah, go on. So, yeah, thoughts on it. It's, it's, I think it's another, it's uh, another religion. It's, it's also Persian. There's a lot of people in Iran. Yeah. So it's, it's I know more about it. But do you want to get into it now or do you want to get to the other questions? And there's so many conspiracies around them as well. But they're prosecuted in Iran. I think uh, they, 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 it it kind of has like Shia Islam some to it. A lot of people saying it has it's not Islam, but what well, came from Islam, so it's kind of as Islam. I don't know, but they. I mean, if they be, if they have the Quran, belief in Quran. I mean, so it it has it does come from Islam, even though some people say it's not Islam. Uh, but uh, there were there the differences between them and the Shias is that their Mahdi came. The the twelve Imam that they were waiting for it showed. Oh, up. okay. It showed yeah. up. Uh, which why Iran hates it so much is because it's blasphemous. So, yeah, because the closer you get, you know how in Pakistan, uh, you look at the what, who's that Ahmadis, and they're like very prosecuted against the Baha'is are kind of like that in Iran. Are, are they? Do they call themselves uh, uh, Muslims? I don't know. I haven't heard them do that. I no. think that they think of the Baha'i as a whole separate thing. Yeah, but... Because it's got influences from other uh, faiths as well. Te technically not, but I, I mean, based on a definition of a Muslim, I think they are kind of Muslim. I, I've been criticized before by considering... It's like the, it's like the Druze. I, yeah, I honestly, I, I actually don't know that much about him, so I don't want to uh, comment too much. It's but a very, it's I a very new. Like uh, we, we were, we were taught in school that they're like, uh, they're a British conspiracy, obviously. But now we're learning that apparently no, they're not a British conspiracy. They're a Jewish conspiracy. Um, so they're a Jewish-made religion, but, um, but they're not. Um, I mean, yeah. it is, it, it's, it's. They're weird. They're they're been. They give a lot of credit for being very modern and very uh, open-minded, but.
But that's what you get always when you're prosecuted. Whenever you're prosecuted, you have to be very accepting to be like, I mean, it's, it's still a bullshit religion. Uh, yeah, yeah. A lot of people still donate a lot of their hard-earned money to it, which is not All very right. good. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we don't we shouldn't protect them when they are being prosecuted in Iran. Yeah. Uh, okay, so it's uh, yeah. Oh, sorry, it's 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 midnight here on the East Coast, so let's okay, do okay, like let's ten go. more minutes. We have a few more. Greg is going on again about how Christianity is amazing and the Lord is coming back to. So I'm going to skip that because Armin, we've talked about that quite a bit right. about how Christianity is bullshit. Anyway, so I am. Uh, so Jin, uh, thank you for writing. She, uh, I am from Saudi Arabia. And people don't understand how much Muslims here see that religion makes sense more than other ideas. And atheism sounds very stupid and illogical to them. I think that that's true. Yeah, that's uh, people don't see it. That's one of the things of indoctrination. When I live there, I can't tell you how. One of the reasons that I do have a lot of sympathy for Muslims um, uh, is because I, I live there. And I know how hard it is to break out of that bubble. And I wrote about that quite a bit as well, too. Just seeing how they were, uh, I wrote about an incident when, when uh, you know, I was. We had a Ministry of Education guy come into uh, our classroom, and I was in a private American school. And he said, uh, you know, he cut off one of the tips off of snowflakes that we'd make, and scared the shit out of me in terms of, you know, the Star of David and Jews. And when I met my first Jew when I came to Canada, I I still felt a little bit of that effect. Uh, so if I just had that with that limited exposure, imagine these kids who are who are indoctrinated with that culture, that the that educational system, those textbooks. You know, when they come out, the way that they think. So it's it's a really it's a really hard thing, and it's it's really horrible for these people to go through it. Um, but Jin, I, I think you have something else coming up, so we'll we we'll got get to two it. more super chats. All right, let's do the super chats. Okay, Dan from five five dollars is saying. D'Souza literally said that Islamic terrorists have a point about gays. Would be great to see him. Haunt. Wow, he did. Say, he said that. That's fucking crazy. Uh, uh, he's he did. He's a convicted fucking felon, man. And he's, yeah, he was pardoned by Trump. Pardoned by Trump. Yeah, I think. Also, I'm uh, hoping that Matt and there. Matt and uh, this is they talk about Trump. That would be interesting debate as well. I'm pretty sure that they will. Yeah. I, I don't Thank think you it's so much, happen. Dan. That's very that's very sweet. Thank you. Um, yeah. And Nusanta also sent us another ten dollar, wow, um, super chat. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. You guys are so being so generous. On behalf of all the uh, all of all the sorry, on behalf of the others here, Terima Cassie, is that Urdu? Can you what is that? I I can't even see. I'm lost in comments. I'm trying to keep my space, but it's okay. Go on. Terima Cassie, I think this is for you, Cassie. Then Sel Selamat. The tang di in no, come on. This is for you. I will, I'll uh, when I when I get to it, I'll see. I'm not seeing the the chat. Hold on. Oh, there's a Persian oh, oh, part. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah, there's so, a Persian part of it too. Merci du and that's Persian. Oh no, this is Indonesian, dude. Oh. This is not. This is definitely not Urdu. Okay, but there's a Persian so. part to it. There's an Indonesian part to it. This is like multi language super chat. Uh, as me konem. Anyway, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, uh, thank, thank you, you very so, much, Mr. Santara. You're yeah, amazing. You. Yeah. I appreciate it. Um, so let's keep going. Um, 
Uh, okay. Oh, somebody so. translated it for us. The Bud the Budi man translated. That's Indonesian, meaning thanks and come to Indonesia if possible. Um, I don't I'm, know. If, is it safe? I don't think it's safe. Hey, everyone in Indonesia, on my 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 book is actually available in Indonesian. There's an unofficial translation, so do try to get your get your hands on you it know, if you can. A lot of people tell us that it's safe for atheists in this country and that country. I know it's safe for atheists, but is it safe for anti? Islamic atheist activists. I think that's a different level of say. Like, I so yes, I think, for example, Dubai, for example, I know it's safe for atheists, right? But is it safe for people that have been shitting on Islam half of their life? That's not, that's a different kind of safety that we require before we travel somewhere. Wow, we got another super chat from Mars. Mars Chunk, thank you. Wow, we use what what a day. You guys have been getting death threats from a lot of crazy fools. Thanks for what you do for those who really need help and for speaking on our behalf. Thank you, Mars. That's Mars, thank you so much. That's amazing. Oh, wow. And uh, uh, Mars, I gotta say, I, I love the questions you ask. And I, I, you just it, it, uh, email us, message us because we want to actually get you on the next yeah. patron. And Mike as well. We Mike as well. We need to, he he's been waiting to do a private discussions with us as well. Yeah. Um, uh, we should we should have Mike on. Uh, we should yeah. have Mars on as well. Yeah. So anyway, Greg is going on about how we're disillusioned by Islam, <laughs> but because Christianity is the only hope in the world, <laughs> this guy doesn't give up. Yeah. One thing I got to give the Christians, you guys are fucking persistent. I love it. Yeah, so, um, are so are Muslims. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah. They are. Well, I mean, they're Muslims are like they they lose patience after a while. They're just like <sighs> Allah Akbar. But <laughs> anyway, right. yeah. Okay. So, uh, Jin uh, from Saudi Arabia. Unfortunately, Saudi is only getting more oppressive than ever, and jails are full of innocent people locked up there with no charges. I genuinely started to feel unsafe because of my position. Jin, just be careful. I'm glad that you're on here. I'm glad that you're talking. Yeah. I'm glad that I, I see that you're anonymous as well, and that's great. Get the uh, spread your ideas, even if you have to do it behind a. Thing, but stay very, very safe. Yes, and be as safe as you possibly can. Uh, we did do an interview with a guy who was a uh, he was a gay guy uh, living in Saudi Arabia, and we could never air it because Saudi Arabia just blocks everything. We had we kept on dropping the call, kept on dropping after every five minutes, ten minutes, and uh, we are going to get him back on again. But um, it was it was really really tough. So so you guys have a you know anybody out there who's actually breaking out and trying to get their ideas out here, uh, kudos to you. You're absolutely amazing. Um, okay. Yay for James. Okay, James. Yay for ideological diversity. Humans are dynamic and hold a range of opinions simultaneously, and we can be friends despite d despite disagreements. Ali is right. Thank you, James. You are. I, I'm going to tell my wife that. She'll laugh at it. Uh, and then, did we check uh, that we... Facebook chat? Oh, thanks. Hi. Yeah, you're you're checking that. Oh, Alishba is on the Facebook chat. Hi, Alishba. Alishba is on the Facebook chat. Oh, yeah. What she said? No, she just put a heart symbol. Oh, <laughs> of course she did. She loves us. <laughs> so, um, oh, Sophia is on the Facebook chat. Hi, oh Sophia. wait, Dan. Oh, uh, we got a super chat from Dan. Oh. Oh, Sophia, we promised Sophia as well to have Sophia as a patron. She's supposed yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk. Yeah, so Dan of Super Chat, LOL, D'Souza literally said that Islamic terrorists have a point. Oh, okay. You, yeah. you already read that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's delayed. Okay, guys, uh, we're running out of time. If we didn't get to some of your questions, we're going to take a few more. If we don't get to yours, we're really, really sorry. Join us next time. We do one of these at least every month, sometimes two. Yeah. So. 
This one's yes, going to be two. This next one is going to be. This one was a surprise one, but we have scheduled one as well, which you can see on our Facebook, Secular Joyous Facebook page. If under the event section, you can see the scheduled ones. Uh, if you want to make sure that you don't miss them. Uh, okay, but so this I, one. Was, wanna, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I want to get somebody that we haven't uh, heard from. Oh, Theomaki is uh, Armin. If you live to see someone with an Allah's gay sign in Mecca, what would be your reaction? I would go to Mecca. You know, one of my yeah, I would go to Mecca. I would have an Allah's. I would join that person. I would, I would, I would start a campaign to change the black drapes of on the Kaaba to you know the rainbow color one, the the one that we photoshopped. So I shouldn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> I want to, you know, I really do want to go to Kaaba. Um, that would be a kind of, that would be a cool day. The, the I it will happen in my lifetime. It won't, yeah. The, the, the day that ex-Muslims could go have an ex-Muslim booth inside Kaaba will be the day that the world has gone so much better, right? Like, do you think that yeah. would happen one day? <laughs> I, you know what? I, I, um, think, so. I think so. It was my, my only thing, the one thing that totally changed everything for me was uh, when I, just seeing how same-sex marriage has become legal in right. the U.S. and in Canada and all this stuff. I mean, this is something I grew up in the 80s. And I it was one of those things like, no, not in my lifetime. It's not going to happen in my lifetime. It's right. not going to happen in my lifetime. And that that is, I think, the one thing that right. has completely transformed the way that I think about timelines and how fast change can happen. So right. I'm not saying well, here's anything. a more extreme example. We went from Germany being a country that uh, gases Jews because they're not the Aryan race and stuff like that to a country that says that the borders have to be open to everybody because if we don't do that, it's That's racist. Century, it's right? racist. Like, it's like pe there are people that are alive that saw both of those, right? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are people who were alive when when uh, um, Brown versus the Board of Education Civil Rights Act was passed in in, in the sixties, and you know, no, I. I, I, I can't express this to people. I mean, a lot of people are too young, but before Obama was elected, just the idea that, a, that there could be a black president, even it, the change happens much faster than we think. Right. So that's why I don't rule it out. But you're right. Like all of those examples are fantastic examples of the kind of change that can happen. I mean, to me, it's still, I know I mentioned this all the time. I'm going to mention it again when Sam Harris is on. Mm. Um, uh, can again, I give you another, oh, one more example? One more example. Yeah, Iran, yeah. Iran, within one generation, one generation of people went from a, the only country that banned hijab to the only mm -hmm. country that has mandatory hijab within one yeah. generation, right? For everybody, yeah, mandatory uh, hijab for everybody, not just yeah. not just citizens. and and even even with this, and I uh, this is what I was going to say, and I'm going to plug it again. Sam Harris will be on the podcast on on uh, September 26th. So guys. Keep that in mind and join in. Yes, um, but but and I'm going to say it then too. It's it's just the this idea that I think we're having this podcast right now. We're saying all this stuff about Christianity and Islam, well, about Islam specifically, and we're getting all these death threats. You're running around with an Allah's gay sign in in Vancouver in the streets of Vancouver, and we're it hasn't even been 30 years since Salman Rushdie's books were burnt in public and he was sent into hiding for 10 years. I mean that mm -hmm. that to me is you know. Us doing all of this stuff now, 
uh, at that oh. time been unimaginable like you're what you're saying about the cartoons and them getting normalized right so right. Uh, lotus edwards is saying i asked for a private chat too uh, message us on or either on patreon about that or on uh the facebook group that is for patrons only mm -hmm. um and we'll schedule something uh for for our patrons thank you lotus all right go yeah let's so yeah, Brown versus uh, so Jim, you're right. Brown Brown versus Board of Education was 1954. I was talking really fast, so I was talking about that as a separate thing, and the Civil Rights Act in the 60s is a separate thing. So yeah, um, uh, in case that wasn't clear, thanks for clearing that up. Um, anyway, guys, uh, I I think that we're gonna have to call it a night. It's like uh, it's it's again 15 minutes past midnight here on the East Coast and uh, I I definitely have to go. Do you want to do one last question, Armin? One last, one last question. Find, find the last question and Me? then let's do it. Oh, okay. Let's check Facebook and see if there's yeah, anything. No, there. there's not, not much on Facebook. Let's see. Okay. I'm going to pick somebody that we have. Let's pick. Yeah, there's a lot of questions. Guys, thank you for your questions. We're going to do, do this again. Uh, oh, wait. I have um, picked all of them. I think... Uh, oh, Mike is, Mike is, I'm going to do one with Mike. Uh, only Muslims can access Mecca. Is, is, is it hard to pretend good enough to get? No, actually, the, yeah. Uh, so, so can you the question again? So Mike it? is yeah. saying, can only, uh, only Muslims can access Mecca, right? Actually, it's, it's true. Like even the, when you, when you're getting close to Mecca, there's, you can see on the streets, uh, the highway signs. It says like if you're if you're not a Muslim, you have to take this route because this is getting too close to Mecca. Yeah. Because when Muhammad, um, well, actually says only Muslims are allowed beyond this point, like that. Kind yeah, of yeah, only Muslims can get go to Mecca. Uh, so that I think that's why like the capital of Saudi Arabia is not Mecca because the, you can't do politics if non-Muslims are not allowed in your capital. That's why Riyadh is the capital. Uh, and and so, some Saudis think that, uh, some people actually think Muhammad meant all of Saudi Arabia, but that would be very inconvenient if that was the case. So I think they made it just Mecca. Well, uh, that's actually, well, that was a premise for the formation of Al-Qaeda. Al-Qaeda actually formed in 1996. When the for the first two years. Yeah. Yeah, 1996 to 1998. It was, it was basically a rebellion against American forces who right. were in the peninsula, in the Arabian Peninsula, because of the, the whole Saddam thing and the first Gulf War. Well, and no, so no, no. Al-Qaeda was initially a force in Afghanistan against the Soviet Union, but then they turned against Saudi Arabia itself when Saudi Arabia allowed American... American. Oh no no that that was uh, that was Bin Laden and it was against but that wasn't it wasn't called Al Qaeda. It wasn't called point, Al Qaeda. No no no. But the point that Osama bin Laden, Ayman al Zawahiri, formed Al Qaeda, it was uh, in in response to American forces, infidel forces in the Holy Land, which is in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, so the first two years, 1996, 1998, they didn't talk about Palestine. They didn't talk about any of that stuff. They just wanted the infidels out. But after 1998 so is when they actually started getting strategic and they started bringing up all these world imagine, issues. That, imagine how that pissed you are if you relate to. Imagine how pissed you are if you are Bin Laden. Like you left Saudi Arabia, went to Afghanistan because you you are so against non-Muslims being in Muslim land, right? Which was basically at that point Soviets, the Soviet Union in Afghanistan. And while right. you're away fighting atheists in Muslim land, your home country welcomes Americans, not just Americans, American troops inside your own country and you're like what the <laughs> fuck just happened right and that's why they hated the saudi the bin laden hates the saudi government so much right this the, yeah. they left saudi arabia to fight this whole concept so but the, so what was the question anyways uh 
is it, hard to is it hard to pretend to get access? No, it's not. In fact, a lot of ex-Muslims uh, go to Kaaba and they, 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 we have secret groups online that they talk about their experience. They, one of them mentioned actually she, she was forced to kiss that black stone and she really didn't want to kiss it. Uh, Cause it's so, it was a he, I think it was a he. The, the Hajjul Aswad is a, is a, is a stone that's in the corner of the, so you guys, when you look at the picture of the but Kaaba, it's so gross the, because so many people kiss it and people yeah. say, if you kiss it, you are going to get sick. Like you well, can see, you can see the mucus of people on top. You can just feel <laughs> like you can just feel that you're going to get sick within minutes after kissing it. Right. Yeah. So this was actually, it's believed to be some sort of like, well, now it's thought to be some sort of meteorite. Hadralasod means black stone. And it's in the, in the Kaaba, if you see in the corner, there's this thing that looks kind of like a urinal actually. And there's a, there's a black stone in there. So that, and, and even when we used to go there, we used to go there every year when we were kids and, uh, my parents told me, he's like, you know, don't even touch that thing because you're going to get sick. Yeah. <laughs> we By the way, we have, we have firsthand experience here. Jean D is actually answering us. Uh, she's saying, she, Jean D is in Saudi Arabia and she's saying, I went to Mecca last month and last time I've checked, I was not a Muslim. So yeah, you can there pretend, you go. To, be, you can pretend there you to be go. a Muslim. We have an example. Yeah. I love that. Isn't this amazing? Yeah. Like just doing, this is one of the best things about this podcast. You hear from... You're yeah. talking about going to Mecca and whether Muslims can go there. And then you hear somebody saying, yeah. I went to Mecca last month and I am not a Muslim and I live here. So yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. Yeah. So Jin, stay safe. Just be yeah. very, very careful. You know, I can't wait. I can't wait until time passes so much that, you know, that, you know, Kaaba becomes like a museum, you know, and you have like turned it like there's a theme park where you could go to heaven on a ride. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like it, the like you can, like it's kind of like the the thing that Muhammad went on, like a horse. What was that thing called? The the horse, the horse the, the with barak. the the barak. barak. Yeah, the barak ride, right? And you get on it, and you go to <laughs> Jerusalem, and then you go and meet God, and you go and see like Gabriel <laughs> and the prophets, like right like that, like. And when you get closer to God, like there's a light. I don't know. It's, it should like, be. <laughs> it's like Ken Ham's park, right? Where there's like Jesus riding dinosaurs and shit. Right. Yeah. You know about that? The <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. But I, it would be awesome. Like if we, like there's a. Music. Oh, I would totally go. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, the cave of the roller coaster that starts in the oh. cave of Hera. No, you go to the cave, and then there's like Gabriel comes down to you, and you can see the wings. And then you pretend that you're Muhammad and you could, there's some, something that comes, like makes you feel like you're, you know, you're being. And you have the horror you. house with the three and scenes. You, you can't get out unless you say, there's a verse, <laughs> and you have to, you have to read it to be able to move to the next level. You should, yeah, this is going to be cool. Yeah. Yeah. You can like put, you know, that hammer when you hit the hammer on the thing and then it chops off a foreskin, you know, something like that. Oh, wait, what? That's oh, you know those hammers that you that you hit on a thing and then this thing goes up. Yeah, I, would, I'm okay. I'm talking about like the I'm old testament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, the old. Te yeah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, but okay. I, oh, then you get a sword and you have to chop with. Oh no, yeah, that would they should do that with the moon, right? So you hit it and your hammer looks like a sword, and when it goes when it hits the thing, the moon cracks open. And uh, yeah, that's exactly that was in that's also another thing that happened. Yeah, yeah. Move. So you could do that. Yeah, you hit the hammer. You hammer. You make the hammer look like a sword. And when that thing hits the bell, there's a moon on top, and the moon cracks in half. All so right, we just found an idea for your next video. <laughs> yeah.
<laughs> hey, this, Mecca amusement should, park. It would be amazing. Trade, you should trademark this, by the way. Uh, I, yeah. yeah, actually, Dubai is doing a, a theme park. I don't on, think that they're doing a uh, thing in the Kaaba where. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they have a Barak ride. Right. To a fake heaven. <laughs> yeah. I think they're still away from, uh, far away from that. Oh, but speaking of what Canada is actually uh, putting up at, at Wonderland, the biggest, the tallest, the fa- the um, the tallest, and the longest roller coaster. Right. It's gonna come out. I I forgot what it's called, but it was pretty cool because I like roller coasters a lot. So, anyway, that's one thing. Oh, I, there needs to be a sleeping area where it's like you pretend to be one of those people in the cave that's left for three years. Like yeah. their their hotels has to be that cave. So it's so comfy that you're gonna sleep for like was it three years or thirty years? No, it was like a whole three hundred years. Was it three hundred? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be. Yeah, no. You there, remember there that story in the Quran where you sl- where people slept for three hundred years? That should be the hotel of the theme park. All right, never, never mind. Okay, <laughs> okay. All right. There's gonna be a house of Lot where he's offering his daughters to everybody. Oh yeah, no. the, 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 that should be this. No, it's strip club. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it should be child friendly. I know. Okay, okay guys, it's clearly right. late. Right. Uh, we love you. Uh, we're gonna see you soon. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for all of your questions. I'm so sorry that we didn't get to all of them. I always feel bad about that. We try to get to as many as we can. Still have a productive conversation. Um, if you're new here to Secular Jihadist, check out our old episodes. Uh, as I mentioned, we've had some amazing guests in the past, and we had some amazing conversations with um, former Muslims and and secularists and atheists and agnostics around the world. Um, and uh, as well as a lot of great authors and thinkers. And uh, yes, in the in the future, we've got uh, an episode coming up with Abdullah Gondal. We have an episode coming up with Abdullah Gondal is a Quranic critic. Um, uh, we have an episode coming up with um, uh, Yasmina, uh, Yasmina Ali, who is uh, an adult film star. And she was born uh, in Taliban-ruled Afghanistan, and then she left Islam, and then she pursued this career. And she has a really, really fascinating story. Um, we still have to schedule that. And we have an episode coming up with Sam Harris, and that's on September 26th. So just note the dates. Um, and Armin, any so parting So we words? have an ex-Muslim that is currently an adult film star? We do, yeah. So we should encourage people. We should like tell, if we link to her channel, would that would that get our YouTube flagged or something? We should like promote her website or something, and people ask people not to. Yeah, no, we'll we'll do that. I, I so we still have to uh, get. Uh, I, I'm still scheduling with her, so we're just setting up uh, a date. Right. The, so we we have a. I think a, a, a time to do the podcast, and as soon we as that's encourage not, all ex-Muslims to just if that if to consume like ex-Muslim produced porn to support other ex-Muslims. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Right, but it's been amazing. Like I, I shared the article that she wrote herself right. um, about her story, and th- this is again, this is a girl who was born in Afghan rural Taliban, and and she was just in the center of modesty culture and rape culture and, and literally in, in the most extreme sense possible and uh, she's she broke out she's actually brilliant I've seen her in a lot of them she's an extremely intelligent woman and um, uh, she's uh, got a really really thick skin too when I treat her, you, what, you what's her name Beach is asking what's her name again what's her channel uh, yeah, Yasmina Ali uh, oh. She is also, and and uh, th- it was amazing that the kind of responses we got when I tweeted it, there were so many, uh, obviously, mostly men and some women too, not just Muslims, 
Right. But also Christians, non-Christians, secular people just slamming her for her decision right. uh, to do what she did, and uh, instead of and just assuming that they know her whole story and what led her there, and um, yeah, yeah, and she takes it with a lot of grace, and she takes it with class, and uh, she she's Sorry. really. A- so she's she's actually really uh, I'm really looking forward to having that conversation. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't think we need to say like she's actually very intelligent because a lot of people assume that if you're a porn star you can't be intelligent. Like that's oh, no, no, I'm saying yeah. as a human being, yeah. actually as a human being, she's exceptionally um, articulate. Like yeah. in the, the other podcasts I've seen her do, uh, she's she's actually yeah, exceptionally. I, I would say that even if she was a, a pharmacist, right? So good, but yeah, people do assume that adults you know like porn stars and everything are, are really stupid but for the most part they're not yeah so let's break that stereotype including the men yeah yeah all right guys uh, so i shall see you next time we're gonna see you uh next week i guess right, right? yes so uh, she's on oh jim king is saying she's on twitter yasmin ali model uh, and Yasmin AXXX. Anyways, guys, thank you so much uh, for your support. Thank you for the super chats. Thank you, Sohan. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Islam Zionism. Your name is too long. I don't know how to give you a shout out. Thank you, Mars. Um, thank you, um, Gene D, James, Mike. I think I already shout out to Mike. Uh, who else? Skytail, Sean, Beach. The booty man. Yeah, there's smart. Yeah, there's everybody. So, uh, so on. Nus, uh, Nusantara for your for your for your super chats. Um, when there was another super chat that the message was retracted. Theo so, Maki. Yeah, Theo. Oh uh, yeah, Theo Maki. Um, even that guy that was saying trying to sell us Christianity. I want to give a shout out to him as well. Oh, logic beats kept spe- speculation. Casey atheist. Truth begets heresy. Uh, where is that guy? Oh, Greg Norris. And oh, Greg I'm, Norris. Thank you for the entertainment. Well, yeah, and for your <laughs> contribution. It's okay. It's, it's good to get. Casey. It's good to get other opinions as well. We don't want to just have a circle jerk. Sohan, you're always amazing. Thank you, Bees. You're always amazing, Mac James. Anyways, thank you all, and thank and check us out on um, secularjudice.com. I'm gonna fix that up soon, and also check us on Patreon. Uh, support us uh, if you can. If you can't, just share our content. If it's safe, if it's not safe, please don't share our content. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you guys, and love you all. Bye bye. The secular jihadists have been made possible thanks to the Illuminati and the covert support of Israel and the CIA. That's what we have been told, but we haven't received our checks yet. If you like what we do, please support us. Share the podcast with your friends, write and tweet us with topic and guest suggestions, or head over to secularjihadist.com and give a dollar or more for exclusive access to live video. Have your questions read and answered on the air and more. Till next time, may the flying spaghetti monster be with you.